interested in dabbling with it, but just coming in cold like this, first ever podcast, long time listener, first time caller, you know what I mean? <laughs> I've, oh, you're going to go in. Oh, Which, I can't wait to see you just like disappear on me. Oh, no. I take a little amount. <laughs> That's a good move. Just to uh, kind of put me to sleep. Ah, Very I see. tame, you know? It's yeah. like having a couple beers before bed. Yeah. Yeah. A small amount of edible is very fucking nice. Yeah, you can't overdo it. No. I mean, too much edible. That's that's one of the worst things ever. I that mean, that's, is one that's of the worst things ever. That's as bad as being caught in, like, the drunk spins. That's the edible, like, Could be even worse. It might be worse. Because, yeah, you're more, like, mentally there. You're just... Ugh. They kind of call it... Do they, they call that greening out. Greening out? Yeah. Greening out. That's a decent name for it. Yeah. Greening out. Yeah. Someone said that to me, and I was out. like, what are you talking about? <laughs> greening out. That's so lame. Uh, <laughs> so are we gone? Yeah. Can you make sure that's plugged in down there? Yes, sir. Just that little... Yeah, that kind of freaks me out. Just so want to make this, sure it's all good yeah. to go. That's this thing's got batteries in it, so it could um, go without it, but... Gotcha. Um, welcome, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, good to be here. The Bauer Hour. The Bauer Hour. Yeah. yeah. First It's going to be really hard for me not to interview you on it, because I actually haven't talked to you about your podcast all that much. Well, you can ask me anything. Well, what's, what's the story book. behind the name? The Bauer Hour? It's our, our podcast. It's, it's the people's podcast. The people's for podcast. the people. Yeah. Of the people. Uh, yeah, that's right. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of rolled off the tongue well, and I just went with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, My first name that I came up with for it, and I have a private video on YouTube of me and a couple other guys, Jackson and Yanni. We recorded a couple podcasts before I started this one. Yeah. And it was called The Juice and the Squeeze. Oh, I I do remember that. Yeah. So So it's it's kind of like, well, that's my Instagram bio. It has been for like, since I think I got Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually a very common phrase I use at work, and I'm not going to dive into work. Really? Right oh yeah, it's it's very common. Like, is it worth doing? Right? A hundred percent. It's like the key question you got to be asking: Is what we're doing worth doing? Dude, it's such a good question. It's the best question. Yeah. <laughs> Energy you know conservation. Where, you know where I got that question from? <sighs> I do not. Tell me. The girl next door. Really? I've never seen it. They said it like at the end. Uh-huh. Um, they did like the whatever the send off or whatever. Okay. And, and it's it like was, the final, the, the line of the movie, right? Yeah. At the end. Was the juice worth the squeeze? Uh, and then it's like every time or something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cheers. Hey, cheers. Yeah, yeah. Mountains are blue, baby. So this, for the people who don't know, for all the millions and millions of mm-hmm. listeners that I have, that don't know Mike Haddon sitting across from me. Mike Haddon, um, how would you describe yourself? Wow. <laughs> well, Mike Mike Haddon looks like a GQ model with mm. a brain like uh, mm. I don't I don't you know I don't, don't want to go too far maybe like an F one fifty you know what I mean like pretty solid but it's not the best you've ever seen right what do you mean oh I mean, your brain I, decent brain right you got a good you got brain. a good brain I got a good are you brain. kidding me your For brain sure. doesn't match your body Ooh. that's a fact I, okay I see that I, at know, first you, I took that offensively first, at first but, glance uh-huh. you kind of look like a jack. Yeah. Right, yeah, you look yeah, like a GQ fair. model. Mm-hmm. You're a nice looking kid. Mm-hmm. We okay, can't, we can't deny the I fact. I appreciate it, Mitch. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes, you're a very pretty man yourself. And I'm sure you're looking for a redhead. I mean, come on. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I'm sure you've heard that once or twice. People tell me I look like Joe Ang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys are basically <laughs> brothers. Yeah. <laughs> or Andrew Santino. Or yeah. Um, yeah, good old Cheeto. Yeah. Francis right. Ellis. Yeah. From Barstool. Yeah, I like Francis Ellis. He's got more orange hair, yeah. but my hair oh, gets paler. Pr- yeah, he's pale. Yeah, you're my, pale, uh, Francis. Yeah, don't even go viral now. <laughs> when I in the winter, my my hair gets pretty orange and my skin gets pretty white. Yeah, 
Yeah, that makes sense. But you, how to describe you mm. is where I was at. Yeah. I don't know. That's a, that's a hard, hard you're thing a, for me you're, to a, do. you're a thoughtful kid. Very. Yeah, I'd say you so. Th- you're, you're a deep thinker. Mm. When you get into things, you dive really deep into them, do a lot of research. Yeah. Um, you take your time on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know, there, there's kind of the, definitely a, a really big part of myself that is that way, like digging deeply into things. And I, I really, I think it comes to the point that I like to be able to explain things, right? That's a little bit of like the, I guess the, the ego side of it in a sense. It's and like being correctly. able to be there and actually articulate what you've learned is, uh, right. it's, it's sort of a gratifying feeling in some way, but it also... I really do enjoy deep conversations. Like uh, in college, I got a lot of shit for being uh, not an early podcast adopter, but I was like the podcast kid. You totally were the podcast kid. Yeah. I, was, I remember that. Yeah. And it was. You would always talk about the podcast that you were listening to. I feel like you were always listening to like finance shit, though. There was a lot of finance shit. It was crypto. definitely. Yeah. A lot of crypto stuff back then. Um, I mean, the big. I would say like the big thing there was how do I move on from baseball being like the consuming factor uh in life you know what i mean so to Um, explain to people sure mike and i actually met playing baseball at mankato together growing up i don't remember actually playing against each other growing up we did like showcases and whatnot yeah yeah and actually i do uh early travel ball for me so i started playing travel ball fairly late um, and I always knew you through Topher Rose, right, a mutual yeah. friend, right? He, he was good friends with, uh, Logan Hershey. Shout out, to, shout out to both of you guys. Yep. Um, and I remember Topher always being in Maple Grove and stuff. So we, we played you in like a tournament or something and not to pump your tires, Mitch, but you hit a bomb and it was Did like I? at the time that nobody <laughs> hit bombs and everybody's like, who is this freak that just hit a bomb? And then you end up being a pitcher only in college. You know? Yeah. That's how it goes. It's because I've been the same height since I was in my sixth <laughs> You're grade. You're a big boy. That's I was right. a big kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Six foot two. And yeah. Sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, then you topped out. Peaked you were kind of grade. the same way, weren't you? Didn't you peak? Yeah. Didn't you grow early? Physically peaked. Yeah. Physically. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I was definitely like the early, early grower kind of a kid. Like first kid with my dad always describes it as he could always tell who I was in the basketball floor because of my calves. It's like that. Come on. It's like, <laughs> Jesus. I mean. That apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. You know what I mean? What about your calves? Just because you have big calves? Manly calves, I guess. Just (laughs) hairy calves. That was, okay, that's one talking point. Check, right? (laughs) I had to talk about my calves just so people are aware. (laughs) We'll throw a pick up after. Oh, by the way, before I forget, I got to take a picture of you Mm. because I'm terrible at remembering. What do Uh, I do? Whatever you want to do. Is this a picture for a thumbnail? Yep. Right there. Perfect. Love it. I got a couple options. There we go. I'll choose the worst one. Yeah. Yeah. You got to choose the worst (laughs) one. So I think I, not to, not to change. No, change the subject completely, but do it. You know, I guess based on like, I don't know who your demo is and all that type of stuff, but I'm going to go right into it. Right. This is, you know, college, right. Pre Mm kind of early cancel culture, all that stuff. So I'll preface this with that. Yeah. And Um, say whatever you want. Do you you know what one of my absolute favorite Mitch Bauer memories was from college? Hmm. No, I okay. don't know. So, I, I have a couple guesses, but yeah, I'd like yeah. to just so, dive right into what you party your favorite party at three o four. I I walk in, everything's normal, right? 
I do notice that people are kind of like acting a little differently towards me. Like what's going on here? At what point was this right when you got to Mankato? This was first year for sure. It was probably like within, it was within the amount of time that like we'd gotten past the like, I, I know you from the past. Like we're friends, good friends at this point. Okay. Um, we made friends like first day of it practice. Was, it was pretty quick. Yeah. It was pretty quick. Yeah. Like I, I immediately, I guess kind of di- uh, digression here. I knew PD probably the most because of baseball. Um, yeah. We played in the same conference and stuff. And um, so naturally, first when I got to Mankato, it was like, I better hit up PD, you know? So mm-hmm. I met you and Laramie and him, chilled at 304, like pretty quick off the bat. Um, so that was fun, right? And we can get into 304 stuff. But back to the, the memory, right? So it was, you know, this party, kind of a lot of people there, but it was, I think it was just the boys at the time. I think you figured out what I'm going to say, by the way. Um, and everybody's kind of acting weird. And all of a sudden I see you with just this like shit grin and I'm like, what is going on? And comes out. I think you pulled me aside to tell me, I told everybody that you're autistic. <laughs> Asperger's. Asperger's. Yeah, oh, it was Asperger's. Asperger's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and everyone and believed it. Everybody believed it. And everybody believed it. Was, it was, I mean, here's the problem. It's believable. It is believable. It's believable. That's actually yeah. a perfect <laughs> way to describe yourself. I guess, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that, I, you know what, I don't even know fully what Asperger's like is, but it kind of makes sense to me in some way. Like, right. It, it was believable. And I don't think anyone fully knows what it is. And no. that's what made it believable. Yeah, yeah. There was, it, it was like so close to home that it, at that point it was kind of like, mm, touche. Right. <laughs> I better go get checked out. <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. That was a good story. Uh-huh. I I was not thinking that story for sure. I was uh-huh. thinking the time we went on maybe the dark web. Do you remember that? Ooh, yeah, my yeah, that one <laughs> that one still comes up often actually. Yeah, uh, I think I doesn't want to let that one go. Oh really? Yeah, you yeah. went on the dark web with, web with Hyder too. Well, I would talk about the dark web a lot. Uh, I mean, this is back in the you know diving deep days when I had. Dude, the, the dark web's a scary place. Good shit. Yeah, yeah. I I told John uh, that I could buy a grenade at any given point in time. Yeah. And, and I don't think you can. I, I think it's actually a lot harder to buy a grenade than I thought at the time. But hey, that you know. But that's still, <laughs> that, like I don't know whatever website we were on. Yeah, there was some. Shit and you there. had to like change the ip to go somewhere else or say you were from the europe yeah, or something was probably something in there i remember it being somewhat difficult to do yeah it's yeah. rusty at this point right. if i tried to like jump in and explain what what it actually takes but it probably was like a fake yeah. website yeah like because you like could a buy like pot. right yeah because it was totally illegal they were probably yeah. just taking people's money and then not giving it back yeah like if you're dumb enough to send me your bitcoin or whatever you're paying <laughs> with like okay for a, keep that for a hitman yeah yeah there was a, a hitman page on there that looked legit you know there was a rocket launcher yeah <laughs> yeah yeah good old rpg yeah yeah they were out of stock Grenades. on that one yeah yeah or maybe i was thinking of the time that you caught that crowbar and knocked mm. that dude to the floor come on yeah i think i've told that on here though okay okay um, i don't know if i said your name when mm-hmm. i told it but i feel like i've said that before yeah. or maybe i've just told so many people that story because yeah. it's a badass story. it's a fun fun story <laughs> but yeah. you know it it definitely is kind of one of those um in the moment it was absolutely you know and not to like rehash the whole story but in the moment i didn't even think about it but for like two weeks after i was like that was insane. That was so stupid to like so enthusiastically sort of uh, point man into like a gang brawl 
um yeah. you know i've like <laughs> went was, front and center I mean, into it like right i don't know what yeah that's adrenaline at its finest definitely yeah Adre- adrenaline booze and, and i think you know that was actually maybe there's like aspects to that that were sort of like team oriented too. you know totally. like prove yourself to the team like there's definitely an angle there for that one thousand percent i think that was the biggest angle there probably yeah yeah, like at that point in time. That was your first year at Mankato. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I certainly wasn't proven. And, I mean, I think at the at that time it was like I could hang with the guys and all that type of stuff. But there was, you know, it was just early on enough where maybe there was that, like, chip on my shoulder or something. I don't remember actively thinking that. Burn your keep. Yeah, something like that. And right. our boy Nick Laramie was right there, too. Uh, I don't know who else. There, I yeah, think the I whole went. gang was there. I don't want to, you know, name drop too much. I ran home crying that night. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we all, we all ran. You, you did. You did. You guys all, came after, though. Yeah. I remember Andres guiding, telling a bunch of people to go home, telling yeah. a bunch of ball players to go home. Yep. Yep. He did. Yeah. That was the yeah the old sage at that point, right? Yeah. That was the 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 voice in the room out there. Right. Yeah. Eric went home. Yeah. I went home. Yeah. You and Laramie stayed back, and yeah. One of the basically one of the guys on our team kicked someone out of a party, and it started yeah. an entire gang brawl not a gang brawl but like they kicked this guy out the guy left went and grabbed how many how many people 10 yeah yeah it was probably 10 yeah and then they just like you know pulled up i still remember the minivan yeah they pulled up to the minivan and they just all hopped out and they had weapons one guy had a knife did he guy had a crowbar baseball bats yeah yeah for some reason in my head, I, I, I am picturing a kid with like a mini wooden bat, you know? Yes. Like one you get from a game or something. Right. Like Riggs has got one of those. Together. Yeah, yeah, one of, Rig, one of Riggs' bats. But think about how bad that would hurt if you got clocked oh, with that man. in the eye. Yeah, yeah. For, oh, for sure. I mean, definitely an effective weapon, right? Yeah. That's what like the whole royal, uh, the, the British police force use. You know yeah. what I mean? They're just like billy clubs, right? I mean, I, I could have definitely gotten like really fucked up there and just... I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it, I just like out crazy the guy that was trying to swing it at me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> or you had more adrenaline yeah. going through your veins. Yeah, but yeah. that I mean, and that obviously isn't a story that defines who you are. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a story I always like to bring up, and like I said, I've I've told people that story. Um, yeah, for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, I have a feeling. Just saying, like I have this friend that did this freaking badass thing caught the crowbar so the story is this guy came up to mike with a crowbar swung it at him mike caught the crowbar in the air and then jabbed him in the freaking eye and then the guy fell like a sack of potatoes well i mean so the thing that i do remember about it is that the you know uh, secured the weapon, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> what are you, a cop? Secured, secured the weapon yeah. from the perp. Um, but then I like bum rushed him up against the like the garage of the neighbor's house, and ah. this is where it gets great. Laramie, another friend of ours, holds his arms up, and I just start going to the body like eight times, uh, and and that's kind of the last thing i really remember before uh, running back to your guys place like, yeah. across the you know, across the road or whatever um but yeah yeah no it, it's funny i definitely don't uh look back at any of those things with like pride necessarily it's more just one of those like what the hell was that there's you a know? lot of things i think that people yeah. have done i look yeah. back on their college days and are like yeah yeah not too proud of that yeah yeah probably drank a 
bit too much quite a few nights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially at Mankato for, you know, uh, those of you that are listening that are Mankato alums. Former Mavs. Yeah, and like maybe still go there or whatever. Um, yeah, that, that's about the number one activity at the, you know, the, the university is to, <laughs> to booze. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a definitely a party school, even though they try to dial it back. um on your way here you said you were listening to an episode which episode were you Mm -hmm. listening to i listened to eric peterson nick laramie Uh, i knew it yeah how far did you get oh i'm about halfway through okay yeah yeah i was i was listening to it in the car and i actually paused it so i'd be able to you know have some settle time with like my own mind before coming in you know what i mean just some silence because shit i spend like hours and hours of the day on the phone anyways so oh, it's just do? chatter 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 all day long so you know get a little Your bit chatter of, or other people's chatter are you in like people, a lot of meetings all meetings yeah i i'm oh. uh, yeah yeah it's kind of insane there was big meetings guy you're just telling people what other people told you and then yeah 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 just taking, reporting yeah circling back and all the circling back. all the business stuff yeah, yeah it's hard to even like actually come up with it in like a sarcastic way on the spot but right. business lingo is flowing for like eight hours oh, a day yeah. i mean yeah no i mean i've been starting to to look into it a little bit more because i think it's sort of like metastasizing the the, the amount of meetings nice and word you like that yeah i do yeah, yeah. Um, and it's that we, Asperger's. that's right. Yeah. Did, did you know that people with Asperger's tend to have an above average vocabulary? Really? No, I just, come on. I mean, gullible <laughs> is also written on the ceiling. That's right. Uh, oh no. Um, yeah. So like currently we have, uh, no meeting Fridays. It's kind of the, the Ooh. rule of the, the land or so, or whatever you'd want to say. The lay of um, the land or the, the, lay the rule of the. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what but I would say for that. I'm averaging like 17 to 18 hours of meetings a week. Um, and, you know, that's too many to, to really be able to keep your head straight, right? And, and then on top of that, I still maintain a pretty serious podcast addiction, you know? So it's just like lots of chatter. Like I actually have to be very intentional about taking time to like be in silence. Right. It's, it's tough to be in silence. Yeah. I'm not in silence a lot either. Yeah. Oh God. I can only imagine like you actually have children and that type of, you know, to fill your life. Right. Yeah. And then when I'm not with them, I'm listening to a podcast or listening to music or when I'm on a run, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. I need to start running without music, but that's so hard. Why? Why do you say that? Because it's like the time to get away. Mm. It's like the one time I get to get away. Mm. Yeah. If I'm running outside. If I'm running inside, you can't run inside with no music. Yeah, that's, that's just insane. torture. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> no. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, God. I mean, yeah, you could, but it would just feel like it's taking like five times as long. So you did know? you get to the part in um Eric and Nick's episode of Eric saying that he's gonna be a priest? No. Did you know that? Yes, I did okay. know that, but I didn't know that he made the reveal on the podcast. I think I'm about, I think it's pretty close to like halfway on the nuts. And I, I don't, at the moment that I paused, I didn't really sense that coming up. I mean, there was definitely uh, moments earlier in the conversation where he had mentioned things along the lines of, you know, like back when I, I think the phrase was maybe like re 
connected with my Christianity or something along those lines. Mm. Like he was definitely showing his cards that he was becoming and working on more, you know, uh, bring more religion into his life. And he had a couple, uh, a couple of viewpoints that definitely seemed, um, wise you know like almost influenced by definitely religious thinking in ways that um were interesting to hear come from him right because i haven't really been around pd since college where sports was the primary you know uh and i guess turf that we were playing on you know to use it yeah fun he, um, he had a little bit of religious viewpoints i guess but not a whole lot yeah i guess where i was gonna go with that was mm. um I'm curious to know your thoughts on religion. Mm. I feel like you would probably lean more towards atheism. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been, and that might be a tough word because I wouldn't call you an atheist by any means, but I definitely can see you being borderline. Not sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, definitely have um, your doubts. Yeah, I think from Which very I think we all do for sure, for sure. I mean, I guess from like very early on, I I didn't quite like buy the the myth, the the, the magical stories. You know what I mean? Like it didn't quite add up, even when I was a kid. Yeah, like partying the sea. Yeah, none of that. You know, changing water to wine, all that stuff. Like right. I, I, so I was raised Catholic, and okay. my my family is. Uh, uh, Throughout the my life, it sort of like dwindled off. I think uh, our our my grandma Peg was sort of like the organizing force there, right? That like you'd go to church with her on the major holidays, and like it was like sort of expected that the her, her daughters. So she had three three daughters that live here in Minnesota. All had kids, so we're all like a close group of cousins. And you know, religion was like definitely kind of part of the the conversation there. You know what I mean? Like we. Uh, there was almost you, you just know, prayed before meals. Yeah, yeah. Grandma, 100%. whenever you talk to grandma, she'd give you some advice on yeah. what the Bible says Definitely. and how stories in the Bible relate well, to real a little life. bit. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like heavy subject matter, but it was present. You okay. Know? Yeah. Uh, Irish Catholic. Right? right. So it was it was certainly present. You know, crosses on the wall, like all that type of stuff. Um, but I, I definitely uh, was was skeptical, um, and, and for. You know, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've really uh, thought very deeply about it. You know what I mean? Um, I think, like, yeah, it's. I don't know. I mean, I think the way that I thought about it at the time that I was thinking about it the most was purely material chaos. You when know, were you thinking about it the most? Like this when is you probably were in like high school. Okay. You know, where where it like seemed to me that like when you passed away, it would just be the light switches off and it's over, right? And it's just nothingness, and it feels like uh, the time in between dreams. You know what I mean? It, you just don't. It's just gone. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and everything is sort of like this. Uh, you know. Uh, a for like a, a force that never stops moving forward regardless of what you have to say or think about it it just keeps going you know what i mean um and, and you know I, I don't know if that's it at this point right like i've actually what's i don't know if it's weird or what but i've, I've sort of started to come back around on some religious ideas um but i mean you know, it's not like stupid thinking right like well, no. to believe 
No, no. And, and also... Have some I, sort of faith. Yeah, and, and I think you have to be a little bit more um, nuanced in your thinking about the stories, right? Like the fact that these stories are stories and they're magical and are meant to be, you know, mythological, right? They're not meant to actually be like, this dude was actually there and you actually parted the Red Sea. And some people might take it literally. But I've, you know, definitely warmed up to the idea that maybe back then they were smart enough to tell stories that weren't real to tell underlying truths yeah. you know what i mean right. so like yeah i don't know um and i'm thinking about it like out loud right now you know right. what i mean you haven't thought about this and you probably didn't expect that question to come up <laughs> no no i didn't definitely not something i was uh, <laughs> thinking about while i was you know tossing business sp speak around all day we were, we were a little you know sort of short notice on the podcast it's been something well I, we've been cooking it up yeah, for a while yeah i i'm definitely not just walking in off the street like, oh, man, look at that. You got well, microphones. Let's let it rip. You know? That's the thing is a lot of the people who come on this podcast, it's their first time going on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, definitely mine. For Which sure. Which it's like, I mean, it's pretty nerve-wracking, I guess. You come in and it's like yeah, two yeah, mics, you toss the on back, the headphones, you know, you know yeah. hit record, let's rock and roll. Yeah. But the way that I look at it is that it's just like any other conversation that you would have with me. Mm -hmm. And we've had hundreds and hundreds of, if not thousands of conversations. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's in being a, a, a long time podcast listener, there was definitely like, a, I don't know what it was, like an expectation of what the feeling would be, especially with these headphones on that I can hear my voice a little bit. I can, you know, hear myself swallow and all these different things. I actually thought it would be more distracting than it is. Like you yeah, very quickly bad. acclimate to... Uh, how this feels. You I know think what I mean? it's almost the white noise that's kind of going on. Like there the is white noise back there. In the it? background. Yeah. I think that kind of drowns a little bit of that out. Yeah. Yeah. And it sort of, you know, isolates you in this bubble. You right. know, like I, I haven't even considered, like your dog's sitting right there and I haven't noticed him in probably the entire time we've been going. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I forget about him too. He hasn't been moving a whole lot though to, to his credit. But. No, he's kind of a blob. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah. So, a question I had for you. Hmm. So I did prepare a little. Okay. Worst fear. My worst fear. Yeah. My worst fear. Um, fear itself. Ooh. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> um i know that's kind of a cheese question right but like can you go first sure yeah no i i, I did cheat I, I had a little bit of time yeah. to think about this in the car um now this one is a it's not it, is it like emotional fear physical fear any type um, of fear yeah any type of fear it's not something I, i'm thinking a little bit bigger than spiders right right um definitely but like i think the biggest fear ever would be like developing schizophrenia losing your oh mind feeling it slip away you know what i mean Holy or, or smokes right or right, like yeah. alzheimer's exactly yeah exactly the same realm right that's a that's scary fantastic stuff. i mean that's a great answer i i'd like to steal that answer yeah because well it's pretty freaking scary also thinking about that runs in my family my grandpa died yeah. of alzheimer's yeah um and that shit is no joke yeah yeah. You have no idea what's going on in, no, the, in their head. I've I've seen it a little bit in person, and it's, yeah, it's crazy. It, it's shocking to Because sometimes they 
like come into themselves again. Okay. Yeah, they check back in. They check it's, back in and then they check out. Yeah, yeah. It's a terrifying thought. It, it is, you know, hard not to sort of like uh, get extremely optimistic about the future of medicine and things like that. That like, oh yeah, well, by the time I'm old, they're going to have Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's all figured out. You know, schizophrenia all figured out. No chance. <laughs> right? Not I mean, everything. You can't figure out the wires in our brain. Or, I mean, you can a little bit. Yeah, sorry. I mean, but yeah, yeah. Our brains work in odd ways. And yes. everybody's brain works kind of similar, but mm. pretty different. Yeah. Yeah, it's very organic in that sense. I mean, it's it's also kind of Well, there's a, so much information out there yeah. that we're just filled with information. Mm. Like, what would, yeah. you, what would you say your most thought of, like thought about thought is oh shit the most thought about thought like what do you think about the most time time it's always yeah i would be willing to bet that it's like what time no, is it a hundred percent i mean that's, like, that's a fantastic answer yeah, yeah damn, that myself. was right off the cuff yeah i think i think it's time it's especially you know important for me being in so many goddamn meetings all day you know that's what why I mean? you gotta wear a cool watch yeah that's right so whenever you look down at your wrist you see a <laughs> nice like automatic like a japan movement mm, or a swiss right. movement yeah yeah nice a nice swiss a swiss dial yeah, yeah. we could get in the watches but <laughs> yeah, yeah no I, I definitely think it's time um you gotta obsess over it like all the time even if it's like it's sort of like an ambient thing going on right you can lose yourself and that actually feels really good getting yeah. into like a flow state and having an hour disappear right yeah um i love that i yeah. feel what do you think like your I... most thought about thought is can't use the dance probably my kids Oh Jesus! Yeah, that's Our a pretty family. good answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because you're always just like, ah, mm-hmm. why aren't I with them? Mm-hmm. When you're not with them, you're just like, why aren't I with them? What am I doing? Yeah, yeah. I who's, have a sort of who's protecting them for sure. I have a sort of not so, not so creative theory that like when you have a, a, a kid, you ba- your your mind sort of gets rewired like completely, and you know there there's things about you that like just change because you have like uh an undeniable and non-negotiable sense of duty yep i mean how much is that like because i remember you know i you had some very that's 100 uh, true yeah and i feel like it's natural like it comes yeah i mean was it effortless with the ter- to it was effortlessly become more responsible kind of hmm? it like wasn't that hard to figure out yeah. i mean the baby comes out and I had held, I think, one baby mm-hmm. before Riggs. Wow. And then yeah. you hold your kid for the first time, and you're not going to drop that kid. You no. figure out how to hold them, yeah. like, so quick. Yeah. Like, yeah, you feel their body and how it moves, and mm-hmm. that's your DNA. That's your gene pool. Mm-hmm. And then you lay them on a table. They weigh them. They stretch out the ruler. They measure <laughs> them. They yeah. clean them up. Right. And Get then... The and then they put them back on mom. Yeah. And the mom and baby do skin to skin for 30 minutes to an hour. And then baby gets passed to dad. Dad and baby do skin to skin for a similar amount of time. Wow. I see that, yeah, there's a lot to it that I have, like, no idea, right? But skin like to skin, they do that because it's like a bonding, like a right. proven thing yeah. that is necessary to do. Or I guess I don't exactly know how proven it is, but it does feel right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Like when you're doing it. Yeah. Taking your shirt off and just having some 
skin to skin contact connecting i mean it's family right yeah yeah families i mean families and family is a wild thing we all have like such different family dynamics Mm. each family is so unique and everyone you know i think everybody knows that like ah my family (laughs) we're pretty crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i feel like you kind of have a yeah wild family i feel like you spend a lot of time with family like at cabins yeah i mean i'd say like it's it's interesting i'd say lots of quality time in that sense like there's not a lot of um passing moments with family these days right and you had one sister right yeah one sister and you guys shared a bedroom your entire lives sure yeah how did you know that right one sibling sorry we yeah we we shared a bedroom uh pretty late pretty late in the game i think it was i mean i might have been like 11 or 12 which felt really late so you guys downsized um what do you mean like you guys downsized house no no so we shared a bedroom till i was about 11 or 12 maybe okay yeah and then and then i moved to took a basement like a basement room that okay. i've been coveting for years you was know what i mean e- was there an egress no there was a full-blown window enough to sneak out that's of the what an egress there. is yeah full-blown window yeah oh i thought the egress was like the, like the small style one? window oh yeah 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 oh. so this was just like you know uh just like one of these yeah it was basically like that yeah yeah so enough to I mean, it was jump out of if you yeah, need to. Definitely enough to you know. Get out like of the when I got old enough, you know, smoke pot out of the window and all that type of stuff, <laughs> sneak out, whatever. Um, and yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that would be funny if the story was like Mike shared a room with his sister until he was twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> That's the clickbait. Mike, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike hadn't shared a room with his sister until he was twenty-two years old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, this is a topic that I. I've been unsure what whether I should talk about. So I think this is one where I what would topic. Ask and if you for, don't, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. Is it difficult for you to edit? Um, no, not at all. Okay. So but I don't like to edit. Is what I'll tell you. Yeah. And I like to keep it raw. Yeah. For yeah, the that's fair. for the fans. That's so fair. if so, yeah, I'll I'll stay away from it. Stay away from it's it. It's an interesting topic that we can talk about off air. Yeah. Um, because it's something I'm kind of like mentally still chewing on. People in my life for know sure. what it is. I know exactly what related. it is. Um, so yeah, we can steer away from it. But yeah, yeah, did not share a room with my sister till I was 22. Yeah, um, that's good. But yeah, till you were 11. Yeah, till I was 11. But, but like, what was your I guess family dynamic like? Did you yeah. spend a lot of time with cousins or? Yeah, a lot. It's sure. kind of a random question. What was your family? Family dynamic. Yeah, yeah very. Uh, I would say very. You know, uh, honestly, milk toast. Very normal. You know. Let's what talk I mean? about cryptocurrency. Oh, it's been, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's been no. That is a decent transition. If you would have caught me like four years ago, I would have gotten into how the blockchain works and all that stuff. It, I, I've definitely. Well, I still. I don't think that people really know what the blockchain does means yeah, or yeah, is yeah and honestly i don't really either yeah and yeah. i own some bitcoin i own some ethereum mm. still don't understand the blockchain yeah it's interesting to me it feels like i in college um and for honestly for years after i was into it pretty deeply right and it it reminds me of like the feeling of all of the math classes that i took like I took calculus, right? Is it like a computer and, DNA? Because that's what I picture. Uh, I mean, okay. So in this sense, the I guess like to to level right the uh, 
what I'm describing is more like my relationship with the memories about what okay. I learned and not cryptocurrency itself. Sure. Um, and why you like liked cryptocurrency or how you got into it or more, what do you mean? More along the lines of, I remember calculus and taking it and mm. understanding it at the time, mm. but I could not explain to you how calculus works in great detail right now. You know what I mean? Like that's the same somewhere. way with like Bitcoin and blockchains and things like that. See what I, mean? I used to be way closer to it and I would confidently take a crack at it, but like I'd be a bumbling fool if I tried to explain how Bitcoin mining works and even into other, you know, well, we don't like need I to dive know. too deep into it, but yeah. I mean, you were per pretty early on Bitcoin. You were the first person I ever heard about it from. Yeah. Probably yeah. I 2016, guess. 2017. Yeah. It was, it was probably. You at least knew about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know mm -hmm. about it until it, it shot was, up to like $20,000 that one year. Yeah, yeah. I See, the thing was, like, I, I'm naturally, I, I come into things as being relatively skeptical. Like, I, I don't think, oh, I better fucking YOLO into this thing because it's going to go to the moon. Like, I was very skeptical right away. Well, and you were in college and you didn't have any money. Didn't have any money to YOLO anyways. Yeah, I could have put it on future Mike, like all the visits to the bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. I, I'd say it was like fairly early on it in in relative terms, at least to people that I know. I Hold didn't up feel a sec. Did you just say you put all your bar visits on credit in college? Not on credit, on mostly student loans. Ah. Uh, yeah. Because, <laughs> well, there are student yeah. loans for spending. Mm. Correct. I guess. Yeah. I mean, th that's how lots of my student loans were used. And now what kind of interest are you paying on those student loans? Well, it's been none throughout all of COVID, but I think my like weighted average is roughly six or so. That's not bad. It's not bad, and and it's you know it's productive debt. It doesn't hurt your credit score. It's yeah. you know debt that you can if you get in a pinch you can get it deferred. Like it's the least scary form of debt. Like they're not going to come bash your kneecaps in for it. <laughs> I mean, if you refuse to pay it, they'll garnish your wages and things like that, and interest builds up. So it's not debt you can uh, run away from. What do you mean they garnish your wages? They'll go to your company. Uh. Yeah, I don't know exactly how wage garnishment works, but like, let's say you uh, owe child support or something like that, right? Like the the government could start forcibly taking your money, essentially. Out of your bank account or I your investments account? I think it's bank account, right? Like they okay. can garnish your wages somehow. Don't know how it works exactly. And, and maybe it really just is more of like a, a legal terminology, but I've always understood it as like they can scoop that money out of your accounts. Well, they can hack you. Probably. The government yeah. I mean, they can talk to the bank and go get it. You know what I mean? I, the government has the best hackers in the entire world. Probably. Because yeah. they're trying to stop the other best hackers in the entire world. So the government, See, I mean, I, that's I probably know. where it's, a lot of our tax money goes. To what? Hacking? Yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Cybersecurity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you hear about like how... Uh, People are like, where are my taxes going? Because the roads aren't done. It's like the taxes are going on the internet. Yeah. And what the government is trying to protect some yeah, yeah. data i mean think about all the data that the government has there's a lot yeah for sure a lot of data out there's, there there's a lot, lot of data that we don't know about yeah there's, there's yeah i can't argue with that i talked to somebody recently who uh works for uh lucid right the the car company yep um and he is a principal big data engineer there which you know in principal big data engineer yeah so so it, typically what it's a big title it is. It's a big title for that kind big of title. Data gets boy. you what? Uh, Han, where does he live? Uh, where does Chicago? Chicago. 
hundred, couple hundred, couple hundred, couple, couple hundred. Yeah, probably at least. Um, and I was and thinking stock like one seventy-five right at the start. Probably more, honestly. Bonus I mean, incentives added on to that. Probably more. Base salary over one seventy-five. Probably base salary over one seventy-five would be smokes. my guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, software engineering for those that are listening and you're probably well aware, it pays very well. You know, especially if you're actually the engineer with the skills. Right. Um, especially at a company who needs your skills particularly, right? So think of, you know, if you're a, if you paid close attention to Tesla, right? One of the kind of like lines that investors use and um, even like Elon and all the people at Tesla use, not that I pay very close attention, but I've noticed this, is that they talk about Tesla not as a car manufacturer, but as a software company. Right? And a data company. And a data company. Right? they know where it's, all their cars are at every it, every moment well it's that and they know exactly like what the tire pressure is what the you know like the the pressure going into all the different bearings are i mean they have sensors like riddling these cars it's part of why they're so expensive right like they're instrumented in a way that creates so much data uh that you can basically push software upgrades to the car because you're you're more aware of it than you've ever been able to be before you know um, and, and so to get back to this kid, the big data engineer, I mean, he was saying that they, they churned through like 60 trillion rows of data per day in uh, creation, like per car. But they got to be using AI to churn through a lot of that. I mean, and then it's so going to spit out some. I mean, AI, AI is an interesting, I mean, that, that's, it's hard not to like fully go down the road. Or they have of to like, use some sort of robot to do that, like oh, software yeah. robot oh, of course, to swift yeah. through that. Like you're yeah. not. Well, you're, you're extracting. You don't have a trillion employees. No, of course. Yeah. Swifting through 60 sheets of data every day, you know? No, no. It, it, it happens with, you know, a lot of uh, technologies that are, that are based on really, really uh, advanced kind of computer science and right. distributed computing, right? Like, think about, you know, if you wanted to read uh, a thousand page book, it might take a really long time to read every single page. But, like, if you could divide that thousand page book into a hundred books, and give everybody all those different pieces and then they all read it you just read it a hundred times faster you know what i mean or right. 10 times faster or whatever that's fundamentally what these big data engineers are doing like the big thing that they do is take really really large kind of what what you call compute tasks and distributing them over many different nodes to get the job done in faster period of time but the overall work time is still the same as if you just churn straight through it you know what i mean um so that's why these big data engineers get paid so much, right? Because yeah. they know how the hell to do this stuff. And data is valuable. And, oh yeah, of course. Probably the most valuable, I mean, thing right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, highest paying. Well, I guess. So, at, like a corporation data is because if you have the data, then you can sell better. Oh, for sure. But so I, I'd actually so you know, for, and you can for improve your products better. Definitely. Like think definitely. about the Tesla software mm -hmm. updates, right? That's how they know, okay, our tire pressure is going down too quick on the Model S. Yeah. How do we fix this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that, it's definitely true, but you have to think about it as a raw material, you know? Um, like, how, how, do I, how do I land that? It, the data is definitely a raw material. Um, what do you mean a raw material? Like, uh, oil that you pull out of the ground can't be put into a jet, right? Crude oil has to be refined into jet fuel. Correct. Right? What the most that was valuable? A fantastic analogy. Yeah, thank you. 
Shout I've, out to that analogy. <laughs> well, I work. I work Someone in, recycle that. Yeah, yeah, you can use that. I don't know if uh, I don't know if I ripped that from somebody or that what. That was but, good. Hey, you can take a drink to that. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the thing with data being the most valuable commodity today or whatever, however you'd want to phrase it, I guess is like it is, but it's also uh, completely drowning. You know what I mean? Like the most important thing within the data is the insight that you're trying to get to and it takes tremendous amounts of skills to get there right and it kind of actually segues well into ai and all that type of stuff like ai when trained properly can cut through the data like a knife and get exactly what you want but ai is not a thing that just does it by itself there's a substantial amount of training and coding and different things that have to happen on top of it that Correct. can make this all happen right mm -hmm. And, and then, you know, if, if you do use something like a, you know, a software layer on top of it, like ChatGPT is a software, software layer on top of a large language model underneath it, yep. you are going to have to pay up for that, right? So, like, you can get to the insight faster, but somebody's going to extract value in between. I mean, it's, it's an entire economy on top of it. Right, because someone's putting all that together. Yeah, somebody knows. Someone's writing that code. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it all fundamentally comes down to... Uh, code being written by people and statistics, right? Like AI is a lot more sexy when you call it AI and you call it Watson, right? right. IBM or whatever, um, or call it cognitive computing. And I'm, I'm referencing IBM uh, because I used to used to work there for a little while, so right. those kind of stick in my head, especially back in like the 2017, 2018 timeframe when it was like very nascent and very bullshit, right? Like um, AI was? Yeah, I mean it's just statistics that they're putting right. product wrapper around to yeah. make it seem more approachable and more, you know, if I was going to tell you that like, you know, Hey, uh, it, it's, it's Amazon Thursday night football and we're powered by, uh, large language models and statistical models, <laughs> you know, PhDs, it's not going to be, uh, you, you have to call it. Something. Right. It's you know powered I mean? by IBM. Yeah. Or yeah. It's, it's powered, powered by, by AI. It's yeah, powered or by chat GPT. Yeah, exactly. Or so, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's a product. It, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's marketing. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. It's so pretty it's, crazy what those can do. It is crazy what they can do. And yeah. how they continue to get smarter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the reason behind that is because people are continuing to write code against it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And add yeah. to the algorithm. Right. Yeah. It's and a, probably take back from the algorithm. Well, yeah, that's a whole topic there is like tuning it to be predictable in ways that you want, right? right? It, it, yeah, there, there's a whole angle of like AI ethics and all that type of stuff that, that's pretty important, right? Like you, you hear Elon Musk kind of sort of trying to, to sound the alarms about like, hey, we need to slow down on this development because like bad things could happen, could get in the hands of the wrong people. I don't know if that's one of his stances, but it's a stance shared like it, by many, uh, particularly. I feel like he has taken that stance. I feel like he's tweeted about that, the power of AI. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's... And I mean, everyone's seen iRobot. <laughs> Everybody's seen iRobot, yeah. Everybody knows Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like... And that's where our minds go. Yeah, I mean, there, there's this kind of... What is the word? What is the word I'm looking for? It's either it's either hyper-normalization hyper or hyper-reality, but it's basically this theory that you are programmed to... Or it's at, scratch those two nerd words. It's actually called predictive programming. Like 
the entertainment in- industry and all these different things will use these subject matter matters that are sort of right on the edge of like what's technologically possible right it's like in the sci-fi realm and it normalizes these things and then you know it kind of can come it boxes out space for industry to fill right so like if when we when you watch uh black mirror right and there's that episode i forget what it's called but the dogs right like the 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 boston dynamics dogs with guns on their heads are chasing people around and like is that the new season this is old i think it's one of the first couple seasons okay i've Um, watched the first season and i've watched a couple episodes on the newest one so i haven't seen a ton of black mirror but that show freaks me out every time yeah it's fucked up it's fucked up for sure. They come up with some good ideas. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I guess what I'm like the predictive programming stuff. Now it's sort of part of like the cultural uh, milieu or whatever. Another nerd word. Sorry. <laughs> the, the, the cultural conversation that like these dogs with guns on their heads are proximate to us, you know, and it sort of butts out space to maybe have that thing happen. You know what I mean? And not to say that like it's some grand conspiracy that like the writers at Black Mirror had Boston Dynamics in their pockets. It's nothing like that, but I don't know. I think it's just more of like an interesting phenomenon. Well, they do have information, the writers of that show. And, And they're also using assumption and they're also using their imagination. Mm -hmm. Like that episode where it's, um, it's about the girl that gets fired and then gets caught cheating on her boyfriend. And there's a whole Netflix episode about it. And And the whole episode is about her life getting ruined. I'm trying to think of which one this is. Because is that an earlier season one? Uh, no, it's a new new season. okay. Okay. I haven't seen it then. Uh, Salma, Salma, Salma Hayek, Salma Hayek plays this girl and it's like, shut up Sally or something. I don't, I don't exactly know Mm. or, um, whatever. Everybody hates, everybody hates, what's her name? Salma? Oh. No, but Salma (laughs) Hayek pays the, plays the girl and it literally goes in like real time and follows what this girl's doing okay so like this girl's watching it with her boyfriend yeah and it goes through the dinner that she just went on with another guy her ex-boyfriend oh, God. and this boyfriend's seeing it and all this stuff is adding up to this guy it's wild it's like inception essentially right because huh. then it's a game within a game because then yeah. it's selma selmaholic it happens to her too oh. and then they go to netflix and mm-hmm. realize that netflix is doing this to everybody it's a wild episode. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll have to watch it. I, I, I've heard sort of like down reviews of the, the recent season. of. Oh, really? Yeah. From who? I don't know. Podcast, probably. Shit, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things like there's there's so, so, so many things to, to choose from now, right? That like if you're going to sit and watch a show, like negative reviews actually to me have more of an impact now unless it's something like i'm personally vested in right if people were saying that you know season four of uh succession sucked i would have watched it you know what i mean but like black mirror it's been years right so i'll probably watch it you know you give me a good review right so i'll probably watch it now i don't know that that show always just flips my mind upside down yeah yeah and i start to think about all that stuff and Mm. i don't know it's good and bad for sure. I mean, I, I'd say like the the best one in my opinion is the the White Christmas. 
um, with the John Ham, where they basically put this guy in like a digital prison forever. Um, it, it's, oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and he's got the screens all around him when he sleeps, and then they like oh, work man. out to watch different. their screens or something. That that's a different one, actually. Okay. Yeah. It, you know, I'm I'm so far out on a limb and kind of like. I wouldn't be able to like give you the full scope mm. to get you back in, have you remember it, but it's called White Christmas, and I think it's the best one. It's probably, yeah, I think it's the best one, um, the one I've probably rewatched compared to everything else, maybe once or twice. Isn't that funny how we were talking about software and data, and then all of a sudden we're on Black Mirror? Yeah. Well, <laughs> how many minutes are we at, by the way? Like 53. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. I know how to fill an hour. An hour. I do it at work. An hour is long. easy. Yeah. You kidding me? Shit, I can fill too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were have been working in data. Yeah. For a while. So I feel like that's why you're so educated on it. I mean when Yeah. Yeah. I mean I You speak really well about data and software. Yeah. I, I it, it's what I work in for sure. You know. Right. I mean um, you have nineteen meetings a week. Yeah, yeah, that's an hours of meetings a week, just in four days. I'm not allowed to have meetings on Fridays, so those don't get the count towards the 19 hours. So what do you do on Fridays? Uh, have meetings. Operations. <laughs> <laughs> have off the books meetings. Um, yeah, no, we try to be more operational on Friday and um, try to actually like get heads down work done, mm -hmm. right? It's not like I'm not in a communication job, right? Like, do you want to talk about your job at all, or can you? Or yeah, I can, I can. Um, I'm, I'm actually very glad that we made it almost an hour in before starting to talk about work. Yeah, that was one this of is the, the people that are you know invested in right, it, right? Right, yeah, and that was definitely one of the things that I didn't want to like come in and be you know a, a work fixated person that only wants to talk to talk about work you know well it's what we do 100 40 hours a week yeah yeah besides thinking so about time and our kids we're thinking about work right correct <laughs> i mean um, it's on our minds all the time it's a good thing to talk about yeah yeah 100 it's so, good to talk about what you do at work and it's good to talk about what you do outside of work yeah yeah so and i guess talked like about what you did outside of work so true yeah we're there <laughs> at least I, in college <laughs> yeah, that's right. I knew we, I, we had to have the, have the Mankato chapter. Right? Yeah, we, we, we did got have a debrief, right? Yeah. Um, shit. Okay. So, so work wise, yeah. I, I guess data is sort of like. Well, the, where do you work? What do you do? It's uh, so the company I work at is called Data Assembly. Um, okay. To give you a little bit about what Data Assembly does, um, so there's a like we're at our core a web scraping company. Um, that's where all of our IP lives. Um, that's where like basically the value of our company is. And if we were to be sold off for parts, we would primarily be sold for the, the technological breakthroughs we've had and being able to capture data on the internet. Um, so more specifically, like what are we capturing, right? So what this company does is we go to uh, walmart.com and kroger.com and amazon and all of these different predominantly grocery retailers but also uh companies like um home depot and uh, ace hardware and big yeah, box stores target lots of every big box store that you can kind of imagine besides best buy and things like that okay um mostly the the focus is on food grocery um so what we do is we, and, and I can talk about why there, I think, but what we do there is we basically crawl those websites and, and identify 
and record on you know a, a weekly and sometimes daily basis like what items are available both like on the in-store representation uh so the the online representation of what's in store right the what's available for delivery what's avail available via e-commerce what are they selling through warehouses all this type of stuff um as well as you know the product detail information like how do they describe it um what are the nutritional facts what are the you know how much does it weigh what how si what's the size of the box um you know what shit everything about it you know the brand the promotional information, like, is this on a buy one, get one free? What's the price of it, right? We, we basically go snapshot that every day. Imagine walking the aisles of a Walmart, writing down every product and everything about them, right? We do that in an automated way, and we do it all the time. And we do it for every single grocery retailer. You can imagine there's some that, like, don't have an online presence, so they don't actually have something to go get, right? So we get this data, right? We, we funnel it into a uh, normalized data set and then we sell that to Walmart and Target and you sell it back to them. And we sell it back to them, right? The reason you want to do that, right, is so you can that understand. That all sounds illegal. Well, it's publicly available information. The thing Correct. is, Walmart would like us not to do it and Target, Target would like us not to do it, you know? But we're, it's publicly available information. Right. You know? it, it does, it's not illegal. And we were a Series B rounded or funded company, um, and we've been around long enough uh, where we would have been sued. Uh, right, for sure. Know, we'd be under if it was not not legal. But it is kind of a startup, would you say? It's a startup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd say we've um, so in selling that data to grocery retailers and, and and also manufacturers, right? So the companies that actually sell to grocery retailers, like uh, General Mills, Kraft. You know, like who get it straight from the farmer, or straight from the some horse's mouth? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah, they're. I mean, it, yeah. Uh, what's interesting about being able to see their nutritional ingredients uh, over time is that you can you can see how things change, right? So, I mean, one of the uh, aside from uh, driving uh, revenue from selling this data to companies so they can do things like make sure that they don't have big product gaps on their shelves, right? Like we're missing, and this, is, this might be a common thing that somebody would get from our data. We're missing, you know, a 32 ounce uh, Coke on our shelves and everybody else around us has it. So we should probably fill that gap. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of like auditing what other people are doing so you can make sure that your store is well-rounded as a retailer you know there's mundane as your competitors yeah exactly there's mundane decisions like that there's you know all that type of stuff but then at kind of the more kind of thought leadership level being able to see the attributes of these items over time um, there was big stories in 2022 about like baby formula right did you hear about this yeah there's a shortage yeah. massive shortage we, yeah. we were the ones that were able to actually like definitively break that story and show it with data so so effectively to the point that the FDA came to us and gave us a cease and desist and yeah yeah and now after showing for what for uh, their their primary uh, data source at the time was a company called IRI I, I think I, I don't want to name names you know uh, allegedly it was IRI right um, and, and IRI is a industry player they've been around for a long time they were quoting uh, out of stock rates for uh, baby formula at like 
uh, what's a good way to actually frame it? Like they were saying it's on the shelves 70% of the time. We were saying it was on the shelves like 30% of the time. And we were able to actually show it in our data at like a store item level granularity to say like, look, it says it's out of stock. It's out of stock at all, all right. 4,700 Walmart stores. And it has been for the last three weeks. Um, and that, you know, not 4,700, blah, blah, blah. Right. You're just but, throwing that out there. Yeah. So like it, it leads to having this information is novel, right? Which has led to kind of our product market fit in a lot of ways. Um, so we, we helped uh, the, predominantly like our marketing team, you know, grab this information and, and blew it up, right? The baby formula shortage. Um, we, we, there's some th thought leadership stuff we've had out there on inflation, right? Being able to see truly how much food inflation is, which I think last time I looked is like 40% year over year. Right, you hear these like six percent uh, year-over-year numbers, but cumulative cumulative inflation. I mean, food is costing people like twice as much, you know, um, and it varies in different areas, right? Like different areas, like not to get too much into the nuances of food and the pricing of food, but no, it's okay. I think it's a, actually a very relative. Yeah, thing. no, it is. It's very yeah. It's it's been sort of like uh, bread and butter for us, right? It's been a big unlock in in like the market in terms of our credibility and things like that as a company, as a startup. Um, okay, so that's data assembly, right? We you know we're a data broker. Um, that's guess, a cool job. Well, it's a cool company. It's a cool company. Yeah. I guess you didn't even explain what you do. Right, exactly. This it's is a cool the, company. It's the tricky part about, you know, startups, right? Is that like Well, you kind of probably times, do everything. There's a lot I do for sure. Yeah. Uh, my role is called a product manager. So essentially, you know, not not to be grandiose, I don't view myself with the status of this person, but I sort of quarterback an engineering team is probably like the most colloquial colloquial way to explain it. Um, you know, I'm not the one like running the ball and getting tackled all that much, but like I declare the plays that we run in a sense. I, I, I take in uh, essentially what I do is represent the voice of the customer that we're trying to build for and build basically the, the vision on what we want to build for them, right? We have products right now that we want to make better. How do, how do we make them better? Not at like a tactical level, I'm not telling them what to code and how. I'm telling them what we need to build and what functionally it needs to do, you know. Um, and then there's so a lot you're of, the eyes. Yeah. You're the eyes on, I guess, all the information that you're gaining and you're mm -hmm. just telling them kind of what you're thinking. And then it's like, okay, yeah. you guys go and figure out how to do this from a technical standpoint. A lot of it, yeah. I mean, that that's like one slice of the pie, right? It, right? It's definitely like a synthesizing and kind of translating from a very uh, anecdotal, you know, talking to customers, being a customer, sort of knowing what we want intuitively, turning that into like uh, engineering requirements and things that actually resonate for people that are further away by necessity because they're focused on code from the, the business problems and things like that. Um, so, you know, without Without me, they'd have trouble knowing what to build. Without them, I wouldn't be able to do shit. You know what I mean? So it's like a symbiotic relationship between uh, the product viewpoint, which is sort of like the technical bridge between engineering and customers, mm -hmm. and then actual engineering, right? So it's like the, the classic modern job where I don't write much code, but I'm responsible for a lot of code written. You know what I mean? Um, 
and not even responsible feels not correct to say, but, but yeah, you help. Yeah. For you sure. help vision. You help mm -hmm. with the vision of the code. Mm -hmm. And then, and then on top of that, there's sort of like the, the PR, right? It's not necessarily external PR. I'm not marketing, but there is also major overlaps with marketing, right? Like I, I own the, uh, the story and the narrative around the products and the way that we're going and how it ties into the company's overall strategy, right? And then I also push what I'm finding up into the strategy by managing like upwards and sort of reporting to, to leadership the, I guess the intuitions I'm starting to glean from the market and be able to say like, hey, you know, I think customers are maybe having trouble with uh, digesting our data because we send them more data than they've ever seen before. So we need to do this or this, or we need to offer a slightly different product to make them more successful, thereby making us more successful. So it's like very much like a glue player in that do sense. Do you help too. the customer? Um, like do you walk them through the data sets that they're getting? No, so that that that's is actually, else. that's actually my previous role. So yeah, that we, we have people that are called solution engineers that handle that um they basically sit with the customer and help them to understand how to build the solution right out of like all of the the product offerings that we have yeah. and, and figure out you know whether it's that they just want to have like better reporting and have a sense of what's in the market gain yeah. gain vision into it or if they want to do something more technical like infuse these prices into their price decisions in an automated way in like an automatic way so my my team primarily focuses on shipping large uh in in when we're talking about big data it's actually quite physical i mean we're shipping uh hundreds of gigabytes of data to customers for them to to land in data warehouses and then action um, on you know weekly, daily basis, that type of stuff, and it, it, it's all mental. But there are physical components to it. Like you have to have a computer ready to process the information and send it, and a computer ready to land it, and you know it has to pass through a firewall and all that type of stuff. Um, so it has like very physical attributes to it in a, in a weird way. So there's a lot. I just threw you a lot there. That that's the Asperger's guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's wild. What you do? I mean, how many people are at the company? We've uh, we fluctuated. Um, we we went. For, I was number forty three. It went up to like I think almost a hundred, but now we're at like seventy five. Okay. So uh, beefed up the sales force. Seventy five. Yeah. Employees. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like seventeen thousand mm. in my company. Yeah. 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 You're at CH. Yeah. Still. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more. I mean, that's kind of the fundamental differences of uh, software businesses versus uh, they're just smaller. Well, yeah, I mean, your uh, ARPU revenue per employee is okay. uh, significantly uh, larger in software organizations, right? Uh, you know, and that that's kind of a common theme. I mean, that's that's why they're valued higher in the stock market. They receive f higher. Uh, evaluations on their, you know, net revenue and uh, their profit or whatever, all that type of stuff. It's that they're they're far more efficient because they need to pay less fixed expenses. You know, you pay a lot of attention to the stock market. Less now, I think in my less now. How come? Well, previous roles that I was in left me more intellectually uh, curious. Maybe not curious, but hungry. Right. Whereas now in this product manager role, 
I'm, I, I'm, you know, uh, waterlogged with things to be thinking about. You know I was I mean? going to say, it sounds like with all the information that's passing through you, the stock market would almost become a bit more predictable. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> no. Oh God. I mean, yeah, the stock market, it is that, or is that it's insider the, trading? I guess I don't even know. No. I, oh, you mean, like if okay, you okay, know I, what that baby I thought you were saying because I deal with complexity, the stock market is relatively less complex. But if you know um, that baby formula, there's a huge shortage of it. It's you, actionable trading. You could. Yeah. Short something. Probably. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, it's publicly available information. Um, right. It's, it's not, I mean, it's interesting because it's publicly available information, but it's highly difficult to access it. Right. So like, why do you think, do you know what Bloomberg is? Right. Like, you know, yeah. you know who Bloomberg is, I'm sure. It's um, a, uh, is it a, equity company a private equity no 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 it's uh they're they're like a big finance company yeah yeah it's a financial research data providing type firm where Uh, they basically aggregate all financial data that's relevant to hedge funds and traders and whatever right and they you know it's why mike bloomberg has become you know a multi-billionaire or whatever he's he basically has all the information that's really difficult to gather and has processes to get it and then he provides it to people that will pay handily for it right i think a a bloomberg terminal is uh, some obscene price i think it's literally like twenty thousand dollars per year per it might be per month honestly how is that not insider trading well i mean because it's publicly available right so so they are in cahoots with the government i'm gonna stand up you think they're in cahoots with the government? are you lording over me (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just getting uncomfortable. My Fair butt's enough. starting to hurt. Yeah, no, my butt's good. I sit a lot. If you'd like. no, you're good. <laughs> I sit so much, dude. I sit so much that I can sit for so fucking long. On really? Stage. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I can I sit all day. Don't like sitting. Yeah, I got to get better about it. I have a standing desk and I use it like a half of a percent of the time. Dude, you should try and stand all day. Yeah, I know. I'd probably drop some some poundage. You know. Well, it's not like you really need to. True. Right. You probably weigh what two hundred and ten pounds right now. No, I, I'm a dense boy. Two twenty, uh, more. Two thirty? No. Two twenty-five. Yeah, about two twenty-five. Holy smokes! You're two twenty-five. Yeah, dude. I'm. I. I don't know what it is. I. Maybe I'm like filled with shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, muscle weighs more than fat, so That's you must true. be pretty freaking strong. <laughs> but you don't yeah, used to be lift. Do you ever lift? Uh, I haven't in a while. My shoulder's been hurting me. Yeah. You haven't in a while? You don't do push-ups or anything like that? I mean, I so I was on, uh, well, my my wife and I, uh, Soph's going to be pissed that I've mentioned her maybe an hour 20 in. Hey, Soph, uh, yeah. what's hey, going Soph, on? Hey, Soph, how are you? Um, we we uh, have Peloton, right? So we've yeah. got the Peloton and the Peloton Tread. Peloton Tread was not my idea. Okay. I credit Sophie with that, but I do use it, right? Yeah. I walk on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never, well, I've run on it a little bit, um, and on the, you know, the Peloton bike, that's kind of like the, the shit that I do right now, at least mm-hmm. haven't been throwing too many weights around. Um, no curls for the girls, very rare. for the girl, for the girl, for the girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Lifting has sort of been like out of the, out of the realm for a while, have weights, all of that, you know, it's just yeah. a thing I don't do right now. Right. Um, yeah. I don't do it as much as I should for yeah. sure. Yeah. I do a lot of body weight stuff. I'll do push-ups throughout the day. I'll do pull-ups mm. when I see a bar. 
Sometimes I'll do them at the playground while Wrigley's running around. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I try and get like thirty in, <laughs> thirty in a row. Not thirty in a row, oh, but like on. three sets of yeah. ten or yeah. something. Yeah, thirty no. in a row. I could maybe do thirty. In a row. Yeah, I'd be, yeah, I'd be gassed though, but, and like fifteen of them would be, you know, going not all the way down. Yeah, yeah, probably hey, like halfway. No judgment. No judgment. Yeah. Body posse, right? Right. No, but I, you know what? I think like one lazy right that's the that's the reason i'm not, I'm not lifting but there's also or you're I, just busy doing other things you're I'm probably bu- walking your dog I'm busy you do boy that. he's a big he's lazy he doesn't need much walking but we'll right. run him around in the yard and right. i mean i work a pretty intense job uh sophie works a pretty intense job you know mentally so very yeah i mean yeah both of us are in mentally very rigorous roles um so yeah i mean tends to be like we'll peloton together like she'll be you she'll do it run midday yeah occasionally usually it's later i like a late late workout a lot of the really? times like morning when i'm feeling really uh ambitious but late meaning like eight to nine that's you know? late pretty late yeah for a workout it fucks me sleeping you yeah know? I, yeah because you just pump your body up of mm-hmm. all that adrenaline and then mm-hmm. you try and go to bed you're like yeah yeah, I'm not tired. No, no, exactly. <laughs> I feel yeah. really good right and now, actually. <laughs> podcast addiction, right? I'll fall asleep with a podcast in. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it, I'm in a, it's almost like I have been tempted to do like a, a New Year's resolution in September here to like try to chill out on the amount of information I'm intaking mm-hmm. um, and just let it cook more. Right. Right. Just let it, let it sit. Well, you got to give it to something. Right. You know, you got to get yeah. a punching bag or something. I should. Or start oh, working out. You got to X. You got to get it out of you. Yeah. No, it, you gotta and, get it's, you got to wash yourself. It's you know? wild, though, because I'll, like, be, I won't work out and stuff, and I'll feel, like, mentally just, like, foggy. And then when For I work sure. out, I feel great. I know. I feel great. It's like, I feel no, uh, what's the, you know, I, I don't know quite the way to explain it, but I know how good it makes me feel. But yet I don't go do it. And the, I think the big thing means is that you're tired. That could be it. Yeah. Well, I I don't really prioritize sleep all that much. You know, sleep's it, important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True that. If there's one lesson I take away yeah. from the Bauer Hour, <laughs> pick up pick up one extra hour of sleep a night. You know. Yeah, I, I don't probably sleep as much as I should either. So yeah. And so, I probably sleep, uh, sleep on average like six hours a night. Yeah, that's probably six about where I'm at too. Hours. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Um, and, and I can, you know, it's just like working out when I, yeah. when I bang out seven and a half, I mean, I'm sharp. I'm right. Ready. If I get up to nine, I'm a dough head. Get it. Yeah. A hundred percent. You're like gassed. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. you almost feel like you have like a hangover. Yeah. 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 Nine's too much. You got to get right in the cushy area. Mm-hmm. Anywhere from six to eight, six yeah. and probably not enough. Eight. Yeah. Solid seven. You feel good. Yeah, six is interesting for me because when I get six, I can be in sort of like a, like a killer mentality and be for extremely sure. sharp and like very, very articulate and, uh, you know, uh, see things through to the end very well on like a, it's weirdly almost like fasting. Like if you're a little bit light on sleep, I find that I can be like, at the peak like the best that i can possibly be but if i try to do that for two nights in a row especially now that i'm rounding up to 30 like that starts to become very bad and by friday if i have one of those weeks 
I have like a hangover day basically. And I can't even, you know, I become very inarticulate and very unproductive and very confused easily. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's weird. So it's like, you want to help you with that. And this is like a lazy way to work out, I guess a sauna. Oh yeah. No, we, I, I'm, I saw your sauna. Nice setup out there. I'm bad. How many people can you fit in that thing? Could probably get 10. It wouldn't be a very comfortable, you'd be shoulder to shoulder, but yeah. you could get 10, maybe shove 12, but two people mm. would be up against the glass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, either way, but I mean, dude, nice I've setup. Ha- I've sure. been having some great sleep. I'm sounding like four or five times a week. At I thought night. you were going to say a day, and I was going to be like, Whoa, No way, no cooked. way, no. I do usually three rounds, three or four times a week. Mm, yeah. Five if it's a good week. Yeah. It, it's. It, I think it's getting to the point that it's undeniable for uh, health benefits. Um, and, and the mental stuff is... You're washing yourself from the yeah. inside out. Yeah. You're getting everything out of your body, all that yeah. bull crap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exhausting yourself physically and mentally. Yeah, yeah. Trying to stay in a sauna for longer than 15 minutes is not an easy thing. Yeah. Oh, every instinct in you is telling you to get the hell out of there, you know? Especially when it's 195 degrees or 200 degrees plus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something I've I've talked to the wife about a lot. Um, And, you know, it's just kind of also one of those, like, deprioritized things in some sense. It's definitely a mic thing, right? Like, I wouldn't be able to convince But it's a health thing. And I think it's a good thing to invest in your health. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and like with that, your lifestyle, you know? it would work well. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I'm not like trying to sell you on a sauna. Oh, you want to buy my sauna? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get, you get, I saw that there's a tow hitch on there. I can take it home now. <laughs> it's locked up. Uh, it's a good move. Right by the road. Yeah, by the way, gotta... I miss the turn coming into your house. I miss it every time. Did you notice the fence? No. The fence is new. Is the fence new? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It was dark. It's okay. Yeah. We never spent any time in the front yard before. True. I don't. I saw I a lot of flower lot of pots. You guys flower got the flower pot. pots going oh, on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Amy. Hey, yeah, like great. right in between the two stalls. Uh-huh. And then there's one in the yep. walkway when you're coming in. Yep, yep. one in the walkway. So what I do, I, like for t- Thursday night football, mm. I'll put a projector up. Oh, and yeah, then I'll yeah. sauna and watch the football game. Nice. And then Where do you put the, the projector? Are... In the back here? Right? No, up there. Oh, up by there. By the sauna. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, just in between some of the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, because we watched the Canelo fight back here maybe a year ago. At this oh, point. Yeah. yeah. At the yeah. fire. Yeah, yeah. Canelo got beat that night, I think. Yes. Stupid. Um, I like Canelo. Cool looking guy. <laughs> kind of looks like you. Back to uh, finances. Mm. Something that I heard the other day, um, actually yesterday, was that there's $5.5 trillion con- of consumer money sitting in money market funds right now meaning like banks that pay interest correct mm. yeah like you're yeah, that like makes you're, sense. for I mean, an apple savings <laughs> account you get 4.5 percent or something for a mm. Robinhood savings account you get 4.9 is that true you that's can true. get that much jesus that's pretty oh nice. yeah cds are paying like yeah they can hold your money for six to 12 months they're paying like six yeah. and over so we we bank with chase and, okay. and they're at 399 
and mm. like nothing higher than like four two for for CDs. So I, I've heard people say, you know, uh, in in podcasts and on like clips and stuff that I see. Oh yeah, you can get five, you know, five and higher. So you're you're actually the first person I'm talking to that like knows where to secure that. I, five point five trillion dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of funny to to see that and see all the 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 fud people, fud uh, for listeners, fear, uncertainty, doubt, fud people. It's uh, right, you know, fudders, right? Or the people Twitter who people think that who the just, economy's like, going to crash tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They, they they live forever, you know. Um, and they're always around, but that's cash these, essentially though. A money market fund is cash. Yeah. And a CD isn't quite like cash, right? You, you'll be penalized to pull it out. All right. that shit. But I mean, you can't, uh, don't want to get, yeah. So where was I with that? Um, yeah. All these people that are like fudding, they are saying, Oh my God, look at savings compared to credit card debt. Like it's skyrocketing, skyrocketing. Look, all the savings are gone from us bank accounts. And, I'd be really curious to see if the savings that are dwindling so rapidly include these money market funds. Probably not. Right? Because if they don't, then it kind of makes sense. People are, you know, maybe people are racking up credit card debt and maybe some of them are making mistakes and shit that are keeping the debt, but I don't know. But if they're not counting in all of this money market stuff that you're talking about, I mean, maybe people are in a lot better position than uh, they're being made out to be. You know what I mean? Like, I think that I think that's spot on. Yeah, hopefully. I think I have like two dollars and fifty cents in my savings mm-hmm, account or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, saving. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, charging or, or getting like point oh one percent interest from a savings account. Like you got to keep nothing but hot cash in there that you're going to spend. Yeah. And the the closer you can thread that needle, in a risk, you know, risk optimized way, I guess. Still want to obviously have don't go put all of your emergency fund in a one year CD and then definitely not no yeah but But an Apple savings account is a fantastic place to start Mm. super easy to set up yeah yeah that's right in your Apple wallet yeah so do you have the Apple card yep okay you have to get the Apple credit card yeah to get the savings account yeah Soph and I were talking about I mean Apple's a monster oh my god invest in Apple yeah no it's then there, that's, I mean, I yeah, don't have any insider information, that. but yeah. that's my advice. Yeah. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might have missed the boat on uh, the, you know, the I don't astronomical so. returns, but there's no indication that like the clustering is going to stop. You know, it's almost, and, and what I mean by that is like clustering of uh, all of the money and all of like the the talent and all of the uh, risk averse investment dollars, right? Like they're going to go to these and treat them like government bonds because they're as powerful as governments. You know what I mean? Like they have a monetary premium attached to them that it, it, it starts to, you know, I guess coming from a more sort of fundamental finance background, like, you know, you, you think about valuation and price to equity ratios and stuff like that seeing all of these companies seemingly divorce from what makes sense in terms of their valuations, right? Like I think the, now this is getting into finance nerd stuff. There's That's okay. the, the Schiller price to earnings ratio. It's a 10 year, inf- I don't know if it's a f- inflation adjusted, but it's a 10 year moving average of price to earnings ratios for, I believe the S and P 500. And it typically sits at like 10 to 16 and uh, 10 is like the, the place that it likes to be. Right. So, 
if the S&P 500 really drifts away from that, people start to be like, stock market's overvalued, it's time for a recession. We've been, uh, I haven't looked at it in a while, but I mean, we've, that that 10-year moving average is trending up because it's been so much higher than that for a long time. How could we ever go into a recession? Sorry to interrupt you No, no, you're good. Um, I guess to, to round that off, I think it's just that like, before stocks weren't treated with the monetary they they weren't given the monetary premium that like they have today right because they're not as accessible kind of or they are more accessible well it's because i think they're more accessible right and it's proven that these companies are so deeply ingrained in governments and they're so like much better at managing money than foreign you know sovereign bonds type stuff that why wouldn't you put it in apple Right. And like the most famous value investor in the world, Warren Buffett, has, I believe, like 40 to 50 percent of his net worth in Apple. Right. Who apparently is overvalued from the classical value investor standpoint. I'm talking out of my ass a little bit. No, because I, don't I haven't think so, looked because at these numbers lately. But think about. Everyone has Apple in their 100%. pocket in yeah. the U.S. In the U.S. Yeah. Outside of the U.S., actually, not as much. Yeah, I mean, is that is that should we look at that as addressable market? I don't know, but I mean, look at what they did with AirPods. Look at what they're going to do with the Apple Vision Pro. Like, yeah, I, I'm definitely bullish. Apple, um, absolutely, makes a lot of sense. Sorry, what what were you saying? And they have everyone's information as well. Think, well, yeah. I was saying like, how could we go into an economic recession with all the resources and all the data that we have? Yeah, yeah. How does it work? <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, like I feel like we'd have to go through something significant like COVID yeah. or like a Great Depression. Well, it's interesting because like COVID could have been that, um, except like they just printed like fifty percent of the money that's ever been in existence or whatever. So we to, know like, how get to, out of it. We know how to deal with recessions now, right? Yeah, I I don't know because like the 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 side effect of that was this inflation, right? So like you know people. People can probably handle, and this isn't coming from any like grounded, you know, research backed like knowledge, but anecdotally, I think people can handle uh, a, uh, an inflation spike like we had where, you know, food year over year, or maybe year over two years or whatever it might have been is up 40%, right? Like quality of life. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Quality of life is quite a bit cheaper than it used to be, you know, like you don't need to, uh, make a whole lot of money to be fully entertained and fully fed and sheltered right like you don't think so what, i mean what do you think is like a baseline oh i guess in what sense like the amount of money uh, you need uh, i don't know like the well i think like the the i forget what the i don't yeah, know like the, the amount of money you need this, i guess right but like the poverty line in the united states i think is like I don't know if this is true, but this is totally making up a number. I'm only hedging so much because we're being recorded here, but I'm pretty sure like the poverty line in the United States is like top five, top two percent of income and quality of life in the world. You know what I mean? So like our quality of life is very cheap relative to the type of jobs that you can secure, right? You can probably not on, you know, minimum wage salary, go get a one bedroom apartment, but you can probably find a way not to live in the streets. You know what I mean? You can probably find a way to afford a, a boost mobile smartphone and be able to be on the internet and have a presence in society and be able to eat and do lots of those different things. And, and this is coming, you know, this, this may 
have like a tone deaf aspect to it, right? I'm looking at it kind of like from a purely like numbers and like you can survive kind of a level, right? Yeah. You're not thriving, right? You're probably not happy if you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look back to the 1800s, I mean, these people like you'd have to be rich to have a shitty coat. You know what I mean? Like these people were scraping to live. They were uh, the last thing on their minds they was were begging for food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and working, you know, and and if they were lucky, they'd work in a warehouse until, you know, they get their arm ripped off by a, a, a an archaic machine that wasn't built for safety. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I mean, I forget, like, where exactly we land. I think it gets back to, like, how could we go into a recession? Yeah, it's inflation, right? I think people have more leeway than they think, you know? Like, things could get a lot more expensive and you could live your life in a uncomfortable but not like a terrible way where you have to freak out are you saying we're taking on too much debt hmm i mean i i don't know i don't know is that kind of what you're saying i i think what i'm what i'm explaining is i think that the inflationary spike that we had because of covid is uh, well not because of covid because of the um the the government's response to covid and other sort of like wound up spring factors because a lot of people were calling for inflation even before COVID uh, because of deficit deficit spending and all that type of stuff. Um, Of course they were. They got to prepare us. Right. Well, also there's like FUD people, right? But like, I think, I think some people can handle something like that, but I don't know if we can go do that level of money printing again and only have a, a, a very significant but subdued inflationary spike. I think it could turn into something that looks more like a 40% inflation like in a three-month time frame, at which point things would really break, right? And we don't know. It's actually like... You can't get you can't rest on your laurels at this point. Like it's not the time to, to think that the recession is something that we are past. I think in when you think about history and decade long time frames, we could definitely still be in the reaction period, the the uh, finding sort of equilibrium after the COVID infusion of cash, right? I mean, commercial real estate is looking pretty rough like i i was talking to somebody in real estate and they were saying that like not residential though residential is probably more robust for sure but commercial is in a rough rough spot yeah they have a lot of them apparently i don't know this for for lease signs because everybody does everything on the internet what's that i said there's a lot of for lease signs on commercial buildings yeah oh so many because yeah. everyone can do everything from the internet. Yeah. And, and this is what I heard from uh, a real estate friend that he was saying a lot of these are on uh, balloon mortgages. They're not mortgages, I don't think, in technical terms, but balloon. like loans. Right? Yeah, like, like a commercial rate. loan. Yeah. Yeah. That's, how, that's how our loan ends up in Pillager. So it'll... Five uh, year. Right. And then you have to so either have to come up with the cash mm-hmm. or you got to refi. Right. So imagine that uh, as like a diversified uh, real estate real estate invest, uh, investment trust, right? Where you have like 85, $20 million properties that that's about to happen to. And you want to offload them. What's going to happen to price? You know what I mean? 
or like do you have to offload 10% of your inventory to help you offset your next loan all that type of stuff but at the end of the day won't the banks take the hit or will the banks essentially just garner all the real estate and then Mm -hmm. go off and sell it all for cash and then the banks are still good Uh, yeah that's I don't know Uh, truthfully I don't know how how it would all like how the dominoes would fall but you're describing the dominoes falling Correct. You know what I mean? Um, Trying and, to. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we are we're so far out on a limb. You know yeah. what I mean? I I don't know. Um, I don't know how uh, the the whether it be com- commercial real estate that could be the catalyst kicking off. Like but real, land is our greatest asset. Yeah. No, I can't argue with that for sure. I mean, I guess though, land in the same way as a lot of other things, um, and, and the the buildings on top of the land. I think have a, a monetary premium associated with them, right? Where you're not necessarily paying for, to use a word that I have sort of grown to dislike because it's overused in places like Twitter, intrinsic value, right? Like real estate is probably valued beyond its intrinsic value. And will that monetary premium, quote unquote, uh, disappear in tough times, right? Like that that's the thing we're talking about, right? And and And, if you as a real estate investment trust or somebody who owns commercial real estate um, had to take a 40% haircut on your, you know, on your holdings, all of your funding would disappear and you'd probably have to go under, fire all your employees, declare bankruptcy, get out, you know, and I don't know. I, I don't know how many of, you know, it's kind of doomsday imagining, right? I don't know if that happens or if it doesn't, but I can imagine, uh, monetary premium tightening on some of these real estate properties um still over time they'd be valuable right they don't go poof and disappear right right but the the it the takes game, time to rebuild yeah yeah and the game everybody's been playing is buy high sell higher right right yeah i mean i feel like that's the game we're always playing though i guess depends you know if it's post because we're only getting smarter Are we? I don't know. Not, I don't not, know. Not that's that actually, like actually. You know what? Yeah. That's actually a great question. Are we? Ah, uh, man. Are we getting smarter? Well. Uh, and boy. what is intelligence? There's probably a lot of different. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are you measuring, right? If we're, if right. we're going to answer that question in a serious way, yeah. In in a more like. The ACT. Yeah, I mean, ACT scores will go up because we'll get better at training people to take them for sure but know? i'm saying like is the act the overall or an iq test no of course not have you ever taken an iq test i've never taken one no no i haven't i, I mean i might have like clicked through one on the internet but yeah yeah seen it. yeah 200 <laughs> <laughs> i think no, mine was no, like no. 55 yeah 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 that may that that starts to make sense um yeah no i i think i don't know yeah it's a, it, you got me stumped with that one. I can, I can spew shit about finance and speculate all day long, but question like that, I don't know. It's a tough question. Yeah. And yeah. because we're, I feel like we're getting a lot better at sitting on our bums. For sure. Yeah. Although there are a lot of people pushing us to get up and get out and move and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. use your bodies. Yeah. Be physical. Oh, there's definitely a, you know, and it's funny, it's being kind of characterized as like the right wing is obsessed with fitness or something like that. Oh, really? 
I've seen that quite a bit. I mean, apparently I'm I feel like, like an I internet seen dweller. That. Yeah. But, um, yeah. In- internet dweller. <laughs> <laughs> How many hours a day do you spend on? Oh, I'm, I'm actually very light on the phone. I, I don't do a lot of phone. Um, but I do, you know, especially actually like it's not because I'm an Elon fanboy, but I've definitely noticed myself using Twitter more since Elon took over. The and, algorithm's way better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's different. It's way different it's and way it's way different. more raw, you know, it's, um, I think it's great. Yeah. I think it, you, you, it's more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's way more interesting because well, you I'm, see a bunch of different, just random people, but you still mm-hmm. see the people that you follow. Yeah. Yeah, the the for you feed is um, it, it's interesting the way they've like innovated there. It's um, like TikTok but with words. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like an explore page in that sense. Yeah, right. And I, I actually don't use TikTok. I'm Neither never do gonna I. download TikTok. Neither will I. That. Refuse. I get enough get enough TikTok from overhearing what you know self is doing on it and all that. But I yeah. get enough phone time in general, man. For My sure. New Year's resolution was to get under an hour wow um per week per week of screen time average under screen an time. average per day, average per day. sorry yeah. yeah so seven hours a week yeah that's pretty good that's can the, you get there no the lowest i got was an hour and 38 minutes mm. but now i'm at three and a half hours a day yeah i'm probably three three hours probably is about what i'm at I, i'll check uh, right now but either I, way it doesn't i mean i guess we're off on uh tangent we were talking yeah. about yeah i think we're on like our if fourth or getting, fifth branch away. well that that's what happens that's what conversation is Oof. four f- almost five hours five hours Damn, dude that's too much i wonder if it counts when i'm listening to podcasts though if the screen's on if the screen's so if on. you're like watching mm-hmm. a rogan episode for yeah. three hours or something no. it probably counts all that yeah, that doesn't help me cope no <laughs> I'm audio only it li- uh lives yeah. in your pocket yeah it, i do a little bit of work from it and stuff and i'm on calls a lot check your email yeah yeah it's almost i mean jesus you should see my computer set up i've got enough screen space you know how many screens you got well i use two to three screens depending on what i need but i i have like a 60 inch or oh 40 gosh. inch like gaming monitor so like a big wide curved monitor and then I'm, i've got the nerd you know vertical monitor to the side um <laughs> do you game no okay no that's, that's a, good. That's a slippery slope. Yeah. I, 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 look, actually. Why is that a slippery slope? Did it, you get like addicted um, to gaming? Can you or hear something? me talk? You yeah. hear me talking about all this weird shit? Imagine if that was gaming. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's dangerous. I mean, shit, I've had a past. You know, Pokemon video games, oh. uh, Yu Gi Oh cards. I even got into Magic the Gathering when I was a young nerd. You, you kind of just get addicted to things. A little, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I yeah. I, and that's kind of like what I said, said at the beginning. Right, exactly. You and Eric Peterson have very similar minds, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. We, we never really got all that close. Um, but I think that was just really more circumstance and shit right. like that. You know what I mean? Um, but I can, I can see that for sure. Yeah. Petey's a, yeah. Petey's a good guy. Is he still in now? Now another tangent here. Where's he living? Is he in Minnesota now? No, California. Oh, Cali boy. Yeah. God. I mean, just moved out th- there. It's, it's so funny. He doesn't have a cell phone he's anymore. He's just, uh, what? Good for him. Shit. It, he's a priest. Yeah. He's a monk Catholic priest. That's why. I mean, I'm um, living at an abbey. Yeah. Shout out to him if he yeah. can hear this audio. I P- doubt he can. He probably doesn't have uh, access to any of that. I mean, for a, a while, right? He'll 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 relapse. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe. Dude, that would be nuts if you like. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he's not a man of this decade or this fucking century. Well, you, know you can I mean? always you can always probably leave too. I would yeah, think. Like, yeah. there's if you go there and you realize that it's not for you, there's mm. you know you can get out of there. Just the most. He's Mankato's most wanted. There was a chick at the, at a wow. party one time, uh, and <laughs> she came up to me and she goes, "Is that Eric Peterson?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's Eric Peterson." And she goes, I heard he only talks to models. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. She's, it was at 304. That's wild. It was, yeah. I mean. I heard he only talks to models. Yeah, is that true? What a lie. <laughs> no, who spread that rumor? I mean, it sounds like something one of his boys would do. Eric Peterson was willing to talk to anyone and everyone, I think, at any given moment. Yeah, yeah. Eric he, Peterson he sang karaoke in the uh, the MSU like lobby or whatever, the mm, CSU. The CSU. He sang karaoke in front of the whole entire lunchroom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I shouldn't say this on a pie. I'm, I'm screwing myself here. Never done karaoke. What? Yeah, I was yeah. actually, when you came in here, I was going to have you sing us a song to intro it. <laughs> that would be cruel. That would be very cruel. Do you ever sing? Oh, boy. Not much. Not much. I mean, I, yeah, there's probably moments where I sing a little. I mean, sing I in the car. <laughs> sing a little bit, you know. Sing in the car. <laughs> what do you sing? Oh, man. That's a tough one. Probably Imagine Dragons. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but... Uh, I don't know, dude. Like, I don't if you know. could think of one song to sing right now, what would the first? I'll pro I'd probably be singing along with something like a, you know, Luke Combs, Zach Bryan, uh -huh. that, that type of stuff. Um, Sunday morning, pretty good. Man, she woke up. You're a little singer. You're not gonna get me to sing on this podcast. <laughs> no chance. If you could give us like two and a half minutes of just oh. do re mi. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, a little. Uh, what's that? Uh, the music, the scale or whatever. The Ooh, scale. The scale. The scale. I can't do that. Yeah. Can't do that. Although, Grandma Peg, shout out, talk about Grandma Peg twice. Good shit. She uh, she told me that I have a soft voice and that I'd be a good singer when I was young, and I didn't take that to heart. So, do you ever try hard mm. when you sing, like in the car? I've or... tried hard to sing before, for sure. You have, for sure. Too. For sure. Yeah. I do every day. Yeah. <laughs> Singing is a big part of my life. It actually, I kind guess, of it is. is. Yeah, and I mean, you, you I sing the to my kids all the time. Yeah, yeah, I could see that for sure happening uh, as, as like the parental rewiring. You know, you're yeah. always a singer, though. That's not a rewiring thing. No, I think I've seen you perform. Probably. Yeah, get the guitar out. But I'm not anything good by any means. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you ever dabbled in other languages? Um, I'm actually in the middle of trying attempting to learn spanish Ooh. i'm in a class i was hoping that you were about to say german because uh, are you trying to learn german ich lerne Deutsch. wow no, I, why I german said, i don't know just because yeah i, I feel took, like you want to do business with the germans it would be cool i mean no i i think yeah i took german in like maybe sophomore I, I got i have about a year and a half of german in high school and the predominant reason I chose it is because Spanish was more intense. Like, I wanted an easier class. German was easier than Spanish? Yeah, I, I think so. It's very, the sentences and the, the words are very, very similar. The sentences are generally structured similarly. Like, you kind of, 
you know, you kind of feel like you're talking Yoda-like in, in German, though. Did like, you research this before you chose? <laughs> I think in, like, freshman year of high before school. Before you chose yeah. to do Spanish or German, you actually researched it. I just chose Spanish because that's what it, everyone was doing. It makes the most sense, for sure. But, yeah, I, I ended up choosing choosing German. I don't I don't know what the reasoning really is. Um, that's cool. I mean, do you have any heritage in Germany? Yeah, family's German. Um, but mostly... Irish is kind of like the actual background. Right. Irish yeah. Catholic. You said McDermott's. that. McDermott's. Yeah. yeah. The McDermott's. Yeah. McDermott's my mom's maiden name. Really. Uh, we had a big swing and a miss on the last name there. Mike McDermott. Such a sick name. <laughs> Sounds like a big leaguer. It does. Yeah. Imagine. Mc, I, I might have made it. Mike McDermott. If it weren't for. Lights being flashing. There. Yeah. That's right. Fire in the background. Uh, You're going into clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what could have been. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we've actually talked about baseball very little here, which is good Correct. for us. We right? have. We've kind of moved on, right? Yeah. You still play a little bit, though. You have yeah. a good relationship with baseball. I think I, I didn't have a good relationship with baseball. Yeah, well, you had a lot of people involved in your relationship with baseball. Yeah, that's very accurate. Yeah, for sure. I didn't have as many people involved. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because, well, you played, you played a bit of, like, the more intense, like, non-high school ball, right? You played for... Stars? Yeah, 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 yeah. But they yeah. weren't really in your ear. Yeah. Blizzard, Minnesota Blizzard was, you know, who I played for. And they were very much in your ear. I mean, that was, the, the, the it was a, a factory to get you to high-level college baseball, you know. Right. And there was, you know, a lot of uh, conversation around, like, how do you get to the next level? Like, we've got this college player coming in to talk to us. It was, you know, I mean, a very positive form of brainwashing. You know, it was, you go big, you go as hard as you can, you go as far as you can, you know. A lot of people made probably more sober decisions than me, right? Like, I had I had a couple, you know, uh, my, my cousins were college athletes, so I had the, the competition, right? I almost wanted to, like, one-up them, you know what I mean? Um, so I wanted to get to... Division one. Yeah, I wanted to be D1. They were, you know, yeah. D3, D2, I'm going to take the D1 spot now, you right. know what I mean? Um, so there was just kind of that natural, like, need to be there kind of a thing. And Blizzard was, like, the perfect, you know... Um, Feeding ground. Yeah, the atmosphere for that, yeah. you know. I mean, there were, you know, I was talented, but then, like you said, a lot of people were involved, right? A lot of people wanted to, to change things. A lot of people want to change what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. A lot of and people want to tell you how to do what you're doing. Yeah, right. And, They're the one pitching. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, it, it just got to... A, I, I never let myself enjoy it all that much. Right. You know, it was always like next, 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 and it, quite the lesson, right? Like you can't always be like thinking about what's next. Um, yeah. Well, when expectations are high, it uh, makes things tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that the expectations were ever really set for me. You know, like the yeah. expectation was to continue to play always, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it wasn't like, wow, this guy's throwing. 91 miles an hour in high school yeah you know that's that's yeah, I mean, he gains three four miles an hour he could be mm-hmm. playing in the big leagues right right it was always you know i i think i topped out at 87 miles an hour in high school so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well you were always like very solid you knew how to pitch yeah you know what i mean through strikes yeah i through never a lot of strikes i never gave a shit about how to pitch you know yeah i basically i mean I definitely worked on location, and if I could beat up like the low outside corner on a right. You liked blowing up the gun, though. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and, and that because was, you could early. Yeah, yeah, but like How consistently, I, my mechanics were so like inconsistent. Like I wasn't really like when I when I settled in and was pitching, pitching, I was sitting a lot lower than my top. Like it wasn't a three mile gap; it was like a six mile gap, seven mile gap. What was your top? I think you know ninety two, and I pitch in like the eighty five range or yeah. so. Um, with movement and all that type of stuff, like you know, for the baseball fans out here, yeah, um, yeah I was a, I was definitely like a turnover, the two seamer, uh, throw sliders, ground ball pitcher, without a real approach to to, to hitters, right? Like I, I didn't realize that's a is, tough way to pitch, dude. If every pitch that you throw is moving, mm-hmm. it's a very hard way to pitch. Yeah, yeah. There was the the natural not having like a four seam fastball. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I had a four seam fastball. But it rode like I was trading off with the two seam down movement versus just sideways movement, you know. So it, the movement was always uh, a consideration, and I was never. I mean, the thing was, I was never trying to spot. I was, you know, you're trying to gas them up. Kind of, yeah, or and mostly like, keep the ball. It was, it was actually just more of like a a low, almost like a low level of pitching in a sense. Like I was pitching low in the zone. And I was fine huh. whether it was in, out, or middle. Yeah. I was just keeping it down. Yeah. And then sometimes I would try to keep it up, right? So they'd swing at the high pitch. But yeah. I wasn't aiming for a, a spot, right. you know? And I just you never got aiming to... aiming in a general area. Yeah, yeah. And Instead of aiming at the heart of the hide and the catcher's mitt. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I think there was, you know... Uh, Trying to hit the black of the plate. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It was just a different... I think one thing, uh, speaking about, like next level and always waiting to tell the next thing to hone your craft and really deliver or, or, or uh, uh, get deep and dig in, right? The, I'd say the big lesson I learned, if I can share a lesson I learned, right? Please do. From, from baseball was nobody's going to take responsibility for you to, to get like better and where you think you need to be. You're better off doing the work by yourself or by your own interest up front and showing up ready to go. Right. Right. I, the, the mistake that I made was I'm just going to work on my velocity. I'm going to just like be a dog out there and get people out. And then in college, I'll figure out a pitch. Somebody will teach me. You know what I mean? And no one ever taught you. Well, well, they no, tried I mean, to. they tried to. Yeah, for sure. Right. I won't, I won't say nobody taught me. That's why it didn't work. That's right. not it. But I, I'd say just purely well, there is from an aspect like a, to overcoaching. Yeah. Trying there to do was, too much and not really working with the player. I think so, yeah. Like overly prescriptive type stuff. And, and you know, I, I think. And yeah. we can't forget the fact that coaches also have egos. And if a coach yeah. wants you out of somewhere, mm-hmm. that coach is going to get you out. For sure. Especially at the Division One Big Ten level. Yeah. I, and I'm I, not I, saying yeah. that that happened, and you've never alluded to that mm-hmm. happening. But I'm just saying, I know... Um, Lucas Long, he played at Arizona, mm. and I'm pretty sure the coach bullied him out of there. Mm. He won a national. He went there one year, won a national championship, and then mm-hmm. I think the pitching coach was just bullied him. Yeah, yeah, it happens. I mean, there there's big egos, and uh, you know, being at Division Two in Mankato, I, we still ran into egos for coaches, sure. You know, I mean, we um, have egos. All yeah. athletes have ego. Yeah, for sure. You have to. Or else you'll, I think you'll everybody fold. just in general has an ego. A little bit. 
a little bit. Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. I would say it's like per- particular, uh, particularly strong in athletes for sure. Yeah. You have to have it, otherwise you get you know, you defer. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, I don't know. Speaking about baseball careers, I, I will say from from afar, like in in college after I quit, um, you know, watching from afar, you really came into your own. You know what I mean? Me? Yeah. You fucking you grew up. Like it was you you were like a father figure leader of that team uh, by like junior senior year you, I mean yeah senior year it was like Jesus you know I, and I'm giving you I'm gassing you up it's true though right like, appreciate it yeah no um, I saw the shift I mean you got like cut you know you I was got there a great for a long shape, time like for five sure. years you kind of gotta learn leadership and you learn from previous leaders right yeah. and like there was always really good leadership at Mankato mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's who I learned from. And that's who I still learn from today, honestly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that's where it comes from. Mm. And obviously kind of how you're growing up. My dad always coached me growing up, mm. which is in a leadership position. Mm. You know, and it's always kind of a weird thing when your dad's the coach, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, did he make the team because his dad's the coach? That was, I'm not saying that was the case with mm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh yeah, I shouldn't have been on the team. <laughs> you were the six-two kid, yeah, right? Six-two I, I think it, I think it's fair to say that you, you deserve the spot. <laughs> but wait, you're not six-two now. Yeah, I'm six-two. I'm six. <laughs> no, I shrunk. <laughs> At some point, we probably will shrink. Oh, for sure. I yeah, hundred percent. How weird is that? Eh, I don't know. See, th- this is the thing. I at this point now, I'm going to have a massive. Uh, midlife crisis but the aging stuff really hasn't been in my head at all I don't know what it is this will be mark my words now I'm going to be a guy with you know hair plugs and veneers (laughs) right but um, yeah it it hasn't been in my head all that much like thinking about shrinking when I get old yeah I don't think Alzheimer's back to big fears that's scary for sure I don't I still don't even know what my biggest fear is Um, I got another one the unknown that's pretty good. Do you actually uh, hate the unknown, no, though? No, I, I, think, I don't think you I th- do. I, well, I was guessing what your other oh, one was. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I'm not a certainty guy. I don't give a shit about certainty. Like, what freaks me out? I guess, like, when people get super angry or frustrated, mm-hmm. like, that kind of freaks me out. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm fearful of it, though. Yeah. That, that's, like, your most dreaded thing, almost. Like I try not to think about fear, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good not to. And if to. you don't think about what you're afraid of, you're just aloof yeah. to it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, you get the like did a you false. Just, did you just plant a seed in my brain? Am I going to be thinking <laughs> about what I'm scared of now? Yeah, yeah you're always going to be like, I'm waiting to be afraid. You're afraid of the dark. Biggest fear is probably something tragic happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that's, that's probably the easiest answer, but like I mean, think about a car accident, yeah, a fire, yeah, yeah, for sure, uh, drowning. I mean, there's yeah. just like there's not, tons it, of different ways. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm assuming accidents. I'm assuming the now now we're gonna get deep, right? I'm assuming that it's not about like the fear in the moment of it happening. You're thinking about the wake of it, right? Yeah, not being there. That's the fear. Yeah, and. Being alive. Oh, and you and being living. the one that's alive. And the, the, those are both awful outcomes. Right. You're the one after or they're the one after. They're both bad. Yeah. 
Either or, yeah. right? Yeah, I I would. So being I would being a martyr, <laughs> I would hope that if roles were reversed, and I was the one to go, mm. and something were to happen to me, yeah, like honestly, that's part of the reason that I do this is to log sure 100%. who I am, yeah. So that if something does happen to me, my kids have something to look back on mm. and kind of have a better understanding than just a zillion pictures. 100%. They can hear yeah. my voice. They yeah. can hear the people that I talk to. They can hear how I interact with yeah. people. Yeah. No, it's that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it is, a it, you know, the, the, the diary, right? In a right. sense. Yeah, it's totally. Not, it's not a diary. A diary has kind of a bad connotation to it, but... You know, you're doing it with friends too. And it really doesn't. You're right. Men see journaling. Do you you journal? Occasionally. It's really usually more of like a, like a mind dump when I feel my brain stuck. Sometimes it's hard to write when you're journaling because you're thinking so fast and like you're just scribbling. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that actually leads very well into a topic I've forgotten about. Um, Something I've been thinking about lately is sub vocalization. You know what sub vocalization is? No, I'm so trying like, to think about what I would think it is. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to. So <laughs> you'll tell me. <laughs> actually, what do you think it is? I have no idea. Okay, so like when you're reading a book, right? Like, do you read the words out loud in your head? Yes. You this hear is a, a voice. Fantastic topic. Yeah. Do you hear a voice? Feel a voice? I'm a. I feel like I'm a really bad reader. Okay. I feel like I am Could thinking be an about. Thing, I though. think. It, Probably. Yeah. I think I'm thinking about a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When I am reading the words, I am trying to hear my own voice though, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about the way that you go about like packing a bag? When you pack a bag, do you think through things in a verbal way internally? Like no. internal monologue? No. Or do you feel your way through it? Feel my way through it. All right. So you do not subvocalize, right? right? I don't either. I I feel like it's not like an emotional feel, but I in, intuition my way through a lot of things. I, I have no subvocalization whatsoever. It's I have a very quiet mind in that aspect. But there's clouds, right? There's these clouds of intuition or something, right? Like the essence of like I know that my like I need to check the time here and make sure it's not midnight already. You know yeah. what I mean? But I'm not sitting here like thinking about. Is it midnight yet? I should check. But I think a lot of people, and I think it's actually quite common for people to have uh, like a self-talk track going on. And I know, I know, like self- they just talk out loud in their minds. Yeah. So like they're sub-vocalizing a lot, and maybe at all times. Like, like I got to do this, and then I got to do this, and mm-hmm. then I got to do that, and then mm-hmm. I got to do that. Mm-hmm. And and like when they're, I, Sophie, we've talked about this a little bit, right? Like she'll be, you know looking at a for like what she has to do for work i mean this is not going to do do it credit or whatever you might say but she has to like review a document that's been prepared by somebody else so she can basically pass it along to a client blah blah blah. so she has a process i'm going to check this i'm going to do 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 this and it's like then if it's not this i'm going to go do this and i'm going to go look at this you know uh research not research you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. there's there's a verbal plan in in her mind and I think that it's a very common thing. And it's actually like... I think it's a common thing in women, for sure. Yeah, I'd be curious to see if it's different in men versus women. And, and I'd sure also, is. I would imagine that the big, the big, like one of the bigger, maybe not the big, women women versus men very well could be the biggest like uh, differentiator or, you know, whatever. 
but athlete versus non-athlete could be interesting too because athletes like don't think their way through the game right you you intuitively know what you need to do next right Um, that's what practice is for yeah yeah but like I don't know. Yeah, it, several people I've talked to think it's freakish that you know I don't have an internal monologue, and when I see things, I'm not vocalizing it internally at all. Um, what do you mean? You're just like processing it? I think so. Yeah, you just see it. I don't know. It's like it's not that it's you're like, not like thinking about the next thing. You're not thinking about the outcome. You're not thinking about no, but you are. Right. But you are right. Yeah, but you're just not talking your way through it. Exactly. You're more. It, it's it's you know almost by definition difficult to vocalize what I mean. Right. I, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I yeah. Feel like I process things very in a very similar way. Yeah. And, and now here, like I think maybe some people that's just the way they think. Like you hear about people that like can't get their mind to shut off, and I have experienced that before, where it is a like a, a, a not auditory but a voice you know what i mean yeah where like you're you like continue to think and think yeah and think, think and think, think. And i gotta think. do this this didn't go well oh my god i looked like an idiot or something like that right <laughs> and, and you can still have those feelings without it being sub-vocalized it's just more of like a, a mass or something does that make us numb i don't know i don't i don't know i don't think it does and does it make us tone deaf at all maybe Pro- probably i hope not i don't know i mean i would i would like to if you uh, this is me you know getting nerdy on it again speed read, <laughs> speed readers right like you've you've heard of people that can like read a book in five minutes or whatever right? yeah it's like a freakish sport right <laughs> they they don't sub vocalize it would be impossible right they can soak in information and move at a faster pace because they're not bottlenecking everything through the like uh, the channel that is like the visual or you know like the linguistic way of understanding things right like if i were to start to like describe this couch in full detail you could just look at it you know what i mean you can process that information way faster than if i were to say it's a sectional with you know it looks like this and that you know what i mean brown cotton yeah yeah but you can you can you know intake a lot more information without like vocalizing it right so like speed readers don't read a word out loud in their minds no. You know, they subvocalize or they do not subvocalize, right? So I'd like to think that it's potentially a more uh, efficient way of doing things, right? But it's probably a hell of a lot more disordered. You probably. Know? I definitely have attention issues. And definitely. I think like, we all do, though. Uh, some people. Some people are shocking how non-attention issues how do i put that you know what i mean no. non-attention issues yeah like how well they do about managing their attention like my my wife is exceptionally focused to the to the degree that i don't understand her and she's alien like she can <laughs> she can focus uh, like mo- more more than anybody i've ever really been around i mean and, and what do you mean by that she ah man it, it's hard to hmm. well i mean a, a more simple kind of like immediate example is like i'll have to if i'm sitting next to her on the couch and she's like reading something i'll have to like touch her to get her attention i can be like so 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 and she she won't hear you yeah she's locked you know and maybe that's just like a hyper attentive person and she's an outlier you know 
but I, 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 there's certainly a gradient of like how much people can control their levels of like ability to control their mental faculties around attention. You know, I have a, a, an ability to really dive in, you know, but also not a, I don't facilitate things all that well. I, I always think of the example of packing a bag. I'm the guy who runs up and down the stairs like six times. Oh. Like making sure that I have enough pairs of socks. Like, oh, I forgot the underwear. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I have to write down. I have to physically write it down and take Check the it. place of subvocalization almost by writing it. You know? Oh, really? Oh, I'm bad. Yeah. You have to actually write it down, create a list, and then check things off? In, in things that are, and this is a funny thing to say, things that are as challenging as packing a bag. Yeah. A lot of the times. And I don't. Easy tasks. It's not necessarily easy. What about like doing the dishes? I can do the dishes, but I fully, in, you know, that's flow. I don't yeah. even, and it's not orderly is the thing. I'll clean a plate, I'll clean a cup. Maybe I'm just describing some sort of attention issue, but yeah. you know. Well, that's what we were talking about. That was, yeah. yeah. Attention stuff. I feel like, you know, a lot of the disagreements, I guess, that go on in a marriage is communication people aren't communicating correctly yeah particularly Uh, around time scheduling exactly yeah yeah (laughs) i see that resonates with you yes 100 percent. it does um because it seems like i'm never on time you know oh at times at times i shouldn't say i'm never on time i'm just saying yeah because i might go about things in a more lackadaisical way mm. because I don't feel like we have to rush through a day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that way too. Like, I don't feel like if the dishes don't get done within the next five minutes that it's going to create this whirlwind of anxiety. Like, mm. It's like, okay, I'll put my focus where my focus needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. My focus needs to be on my kid that's running out the front door. I'm probably not going to focus on the dish. Yeah. That makes, I mean, hope so <laughs> you, <laughs> might, you might have ocd if right. you if you can't <laughs> that's a probably a harsh example yeah, yeah. Um, no i know what you mean though like, yeah 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 that you optimize for the important thing is right? there order in your household not really no i mean a little like does anyone boss anyone around mm, no 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 not really Amy tries to boss me around at times. Oh, I'm so like, tries, what are you, what but I'm a, doing? I'm a rebel. You Why are you I mean? trying to boss me around? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're both adults here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, yeah, that's tricky. I, I would say, like, generally, I don't have the feeling that somebody's the boss. Right. Yeah. But um, I would say in terms of, like, initiative and planning and, and things that, like, lead to, like, we're going to be here at this time, that type of stuff. Oh, yeah. That ain't me. You know what I mean? like initiative that in in some sense you're in charge if you take initiative right mm-hmm. but like being bossed around is a, a quite a different uh you know situation or dynamic for sure you know boss and i probably sometimes do it to amy too and i don't even realize it mm-hmm. hey can you get me a fork hey can you get me a glass of water hey <laughs> can you you know grab yeah, i guess yeah oh i mean i don't know yeah what what is yeah another rhetorical question what is being a bossy you know well i think there's i mean i think it's a spectrum (laughs) (laughs) 
I guess, yeah. Uh, bossy would be like taking the remote away from somebody or something. Yeah. yeah. It's more bossy probably has yeah. a little more aggression yeah. to it. Yeah. Dominance. Dominance. Yeah. yeah. Bossy in bed, Mitch? <laughs> <laughs> so you asked me, like, you want to find out? <laughs> hey, we're on a podcast. Hey, or video. I'm just. <laughs> no. It, relationships are just like marriages just in general i mean you've been married how a year now. yeah yeah it's a like year. a year oh man i'm gonna be in the doghouse for not talking about the wedding oh, shit no you'll yeah. be fine no i know so. it's been it's been like a year and three months math you know well you yeah. can talk about the wedding now if you'd like sure yeah great wedding up in great <laughs> that wedding. was such so a was great a, wedding dude it was fucking awesome man. <laughs> I do. I remember at the end, we're doing Piano Man, the big circle. Shout out John Heiderscheid. I give you credit for making that happen. I, he talked to our DJ and said, Piano Man, that's the last song. And John, I think it's a Heiderscheid thing. Um, I think so it's a pretty common thing. I've been to a probably, ton of weddings where they do Where they do that man. one. Yeah. I credit John. Nope, it's yeah. John's idea. <laughs> uh, John is the founder. <laughs> no, but I do I do remember that being like unreal. Getting to, that was you know, unbelievable. Have the, like, Everyone was around you and so. Yeah. And you two were dancing and like dancing. we were all super close. Yeah. And then we all, did we all come in at the end? Yeah, then, everybody jumped in. So it was, yeah, it was the circle for the first like. I mean, they, we let it breathe, right? Like yeah, the crowd well, you guys were good to, dancers, too. Yeah, we were just, you know, uh, giving shout-outs to the crowd kind of a thing, like dancing around. Probably, we. I think we let it breathe for almost, it felt like two minutes, you know? Like, almost that surreal, like, holy shit, this is, this is the <laughs> pinnacle of the whole thing. Yeah. Right? And, you know, we're, we're dancing, we can see everybody around us, and there was this, like, sort of, uh, dreamlike state to it where it just felt like the we were in like a stadium and everybody was there all directions you know and in some of the videos it was like there was only two ro two rows of people right but like the moment felt so big for us you know um, i think for everybody there yeah and i was, think that's why it felt so big for you guys because mm -hmm. everyone else could feel it yeah and we were circled yeah. around you pushing right energy at you 100 percent. yeah it was yeah it was definitely like a focal point of energy and everything family friends we'd spent probably an hour on the dance floor at least all right two two hours probably a good tequila two. shots flowing like it was <laughs> yeah it was i was i i really didn't know it would get to a, a level that i can look back on and be so happy about you know soph was definitely crying were, oh, were you yeah. crying no you? no, I, no? Did, I didn't autism uh, <laughs> so no, no more jokes no more jokes um, but yeah no I, I wasn't but i do remember like peak levels of emotion i mean it was like as intense as it gets without crying you know and if i had to speak and like say something i definitely would have been like oh Oh, no. thank you yeah. for coming to my wedding. Yeah, but I, I do remember like turning around at a point and then turning back and self just bawling. Like it happened, I think as soon as she like hugged one of her friends during it. But I do, I do remember looking over at you and it was like oh, arms out, like your eyes crazy I wide. Totally remember that. Yeah, contact. great, great little you know like just snapshot. I like see Mitch you. Bauer. I see you. You're here. You yeah. get to see this. Yeah. You were lucky enough to have been invited. <laughs> By the way, I think, so we had one of those uh, voicemail recording phones, right, oh, yeah. outside. What song did you sing? Did you sing These Eyes Are Crying? I don't know. You sang a song. I know. Speaking of Mitch being a singer, you sang for, it would have, you know, maybe been like 20 seconds on right. the recording. Yeah, I forget. 
I don't know, happy birthday maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was happy. Sing birthday. us a song, you're the piano man. Maybe yeah. I did that one. I don't, I don't remember. We'll have to dig it back up. But yeah, it was it was quite the message for sure. Yeah. I think you were the last one, by the way. Really? That, so that probably means we were the first one to do it. Because it probably. I don't know. I oh, shoot. Yeah. I don't, it feel no. no we, you you might have been the last actually because we did it early people, in the night though. I remember doing it. You might have done too. Maybe we did do two. I, think, I don't know. I remember you singing. Maybe it was early. Oh, hang on. It, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. I don't trust my memory. I don't know if you were early or late. It might have been early. I remember it because we were talking to Alec right mm -hmm. after the wedding mm -hmm. in that little lobby area. Yeah. On the stairs. Because yeah. those stairs went up a little bit yeah. to go into the chapel area, mm -hmm. I guess you could call mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, or the main room. Yeah. And we were standing on that platform. And... Amy hopped on the phone and was like, oh, this is cool. And then mm. I hopped into Yeah. No, it might have been. Maybe we did a drunkenly one, though, later. I don't know. I don't, exactly know. Yeah, I don't trust myself in the memory. Yeah. In the memory. I, I'd written the but story. Way, that's a cool after. thing to have. Yeah, it, it is cool. For I would highly recommend it. Especially for, for an audio guy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like a, I, <laughs> Instead of like time. a notebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is very cool to be able to just like go back. We've listened to it randomly, like when we're both, you know. Generally, it'll be like a little weekend thing. We'll be like poking around. We'll start looking at the pictures and then, all right, let's listen to the audio. Yeah. And it's been a little while. We'll probably do for a listen, but yeah. <laughs> Pop it on tomorrow morning. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that was good stuff. Yeah. There's the little wedding plug there. I was short on weddings, kind of like my whole life, you know, doubtful of how cool they can be. Oh. Um, personally at least Why? I, I always well i've always been somebody to like move away from the spotlight yeah. you know um at least in like social settings okay. sports wise it was okay but yeah i didn't ever Try imagine the guy in the corner not the guy dancing on the table yeah yeah kind of if i had to choose one of the two <laughs> But but what if I'm dancing on the table and I need someone up there? Oh well, no, no. My my thing. <laughs> and I throw a last. So I've I've, <laughs> I've instigated you dancing on the table is typically the role I like to play. Uh, you know what I mean? Or I, or at least like encouraging more. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many tables I've actually danced on in my life. Yeah, you're Probably a table dancer. No, yeah. not many. Speak. You know, actually, another thing I was thinking about. You know, I feel like that's a Heidershite move. Dance on a table. Dance on a yeah, table. Take his dick out for sure. <laughs> I don't know if he ever did that, but <laughs> yeah, no, not John, not daddy John. No. All my friends are freaking dads now, dude. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Uh, Kids are awesome though. Yeah. Um, I know that you, have you, I feel like you've mentioned maybe you're like, I, I, I'm okay if we have kids, uh, mm. it's okay if we don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I think we have a more sort of uh, open-minded, and not to say that people that don't have a conversation like this aren't open-minded, but we've, Sophie and I have both had very open uh, conversations. We have both an open viewpoint about what that looks like for us. Um, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. I'd say, you know, it's kind of one of those things that um, we had this strong stance on early, right? That like, we're, we're waiting at least five years after marriage. Stop talking oh. about it, you know, because her, my, my family is very hands off about that type of stuff. Sophie's is a little bit more like, when's the grandchild, you know? And Soph is a lot more, uh, assertive, you know what I mean? And she was just like, nope, 
just got a new IUD. Like she'll say that to her mom and she's, you know, half joking, but half serious, <laughs> you know, sorry. So um, that sounds a little more serious than it does. Joke. Well, I know. No, it is very, it's serious at its core, but right. wrapped in humor. Yeah. Right? A humorous um, tone. We'll yeah, call that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, I, I think there's a certain degree of like, you know, we're, we're buying ourselves time to make the decision on our own. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think even recently, it's been a little bit more of a, a, a favorable conversation towards it. Um, but we just haven't really talked about it that much recently. You know, I think we're pretty comfortable. We're not trying to do it right now. You know what I mean? You guys would make a cool baby. That's for sure. Be a pretty cool baby. Be a cool baby, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so cool, dude. And then if they were like Riggs is probably going to be able to buy them alcohol and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he's not buying underage alcohol. Yeah, but like maybe cool though, maybe, the cool kids, maybe, maybe, right? Maybe. Like, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they're not under. You know. I mean, who knows? If it's a boy, the he's not underage. If he's cool, it's always no. Yeah. Girl, keep rigs away from him. Yeah, I know his dad. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad can beat up your dad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just a re- that would be very funny to like actually have a dad wrestling match and settle the score. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Mm. <laughs> The two kids are just having an argument about their dads, and then they go to the dads, and the dads just duke it they out. They actually right. fight. That'd be a good, like, skit. There's a skit in there, for sure. There's Yeah. On, like, YouTube or something? Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I don't hilarious. know who would be our, our cast for that, but there's something there. There's My something dad there. Beat up yeah. your dad. That has legs. Like a, yeah, turns into, like, a rough and rowdy fight. Or even a big one, you know? Yeah. Like a real paper. I mean, it would definitely get serious if two dads were going at it. Like a rough and rowdy of lots of... This argument is had by every kid, you know? Maybe like a rough and rowdy style, like 20 dads duke it out. Settle (laughs) 10 scores. Right. Charge 80 bucks for that. Oh my gosh. Boxing is huge, too. It's Yeah, the the amount of money that boxing pulls in is... uh, You could find out. Staggering. You could probably find a warehouse. Uh, you'd probably have to actually get licensing to yeah, There's some crazy sanctioning events. stuff that yeah. goes on. I'm, it doesn't like... Absolutely. I think I might have seen Amy peek around the corner there. Yeah, Maybe that's because there. there's a kid crying. Can you hear it on the... Not at all. Eh, no, I can. No, I can. Hold on. Take it down. I think it's Lula. No, we're good. Oh, okay. It's not because of us. Oh, okay. Uh, By the way, she usually doesn't get up in the middle of the how night. How are we doing on time? Not, here. Yeah, I think we might we might be rivaling Rogan length at this point, right? We must be two. Two hours and fifteen minutes. Okay, pretty yeah. good. See, I have a general sense for time because yeah. of my I measure my life in half hour increments during the week. You know <laughs> really? I mean? Seriously, dude. Because the meetings. Yeah, it's always meetings. Bounce from one meeting to another. Hey, how are we doing on time here? You know, I want to be respectful of your time, but I have these last couple items I'd like to cover <laughs> off on. You know what I mean? Yeah. All that shit. Yeah. What are the action items? Like, in the last five minutes here let's kind of review what we talked about and make some action items right let's meet maybe early next week to finish this up you know business talk i'm loose yeah. now no i know i can't <laughs> it's, it's amazing sometimes you come out of a meeting and you're like that was completely useless mm-hmm. we accomplished mm-hmm. nothing in that meeting yeah most of them honestly yeah. quality time in meetings is very few and far between unless you're showing data yeah, yeah, and sometimes getting getting people, there's a, man, I've actually been dealing with this a lot, it's how do you get in a working session at the right time, and how do you let people cook at the right time, and and people, you know, like can't get, engineers can't do that unless everything is clear, so you want to be able to see it in their eyes that they understand, you know what I mean, via, like, video, right, but 
sometimes it's totally pointless and you booked a half hour and you realize 15 minutes in that this is a pointless <laughs> call and there's other things to discuss. There always is. Right. Right. So it's like you either have to pull the rip cord and say, nope, this was the agenda. We don't need to do this. We're going to give you 15 minutes back. Get, you know, move on. Right. Right. Which is a good thing to do generally. Yeah. But sometimes with time constraints, I have to switch it to like an improv next agenda, you know? Really? Oh God. Do you yeah. host a lot of the meetings? Most. Yeah. Really? As a product manager, you're, you're kind of, like I'd said, quarterback. You're doing the of, introduction. Yeah. You, you keep the, uh, you don't keep minutes necessarily like notes, although you're, you're kind of the person that synthesizes like the direction and decisions from the conversation. You yeah. Know? Um, and, and, and I guess to, to get, to slice a little bit more thinly, like at large companies, a product manager might not do all of this, but it's a startup. You know what I mean? So I'm in a room of engineers. I'm, you know, not, not always the one with the most like social skills necessarily. Like engineers get a bad rap from that aspect of things, but they don't want to think about how we take these action items and move them to the next step and what we do and how we communicate to leaders. Like they don't care about that. That's my job. Right. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I, I tend care about to, the engineering and Exactly. Building the products. Yeah, they might have a follow-up conversation and divvy up like how the engineering actually gets done on a tactical level. Right. You know. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. You ever done any like tactical training, like any boxing classes or any uh, like shooting classes or? Uh, not not really. I did do an MMA class at uh, at Mankato. Last one. Last one. I'm gonna crack it, yeah, and then we'll. I've done podcasts that are three hours long. Plus, oh, nice. So, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. It's, uh, unless you got to go, you got a bedtime. Not really. Not really, kind yeah. of. Is Soph texting you saying you got to come home? Because if she no. is, no. feel free she to cut it. it short. Cut it short. I mean, yeah, what's your what's your average length? <laughs> um, it's random because I'll do 15 minutes with Amy. Oh, yeah. And then I'll do three hours with whoever wants to sit down and hang out for three hours. Gotcha. Um, or I'll do two hours or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Whatever people can kind of do. No, it makes sense. I think I, my I longest think... is probably three and a half, three forty-five maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Basically, like the the length of time somebody can hold a blood like their piss. <laughs> right. Do you have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> it just hit me that oh I could pee. No, but I'm go I pee. I mean, what do you pause? Oh, do you do a little? Yeah, little, little solo act. I'll do. I'll make a P sound and I'll put it in the background. There we go. I actually, I am gonna go take a piss. Yeah, go take a pee. It's yeah, down say, the hall to the left. Say something. Tell a joke when I'm done. Okay, <laughs> I'll um, try and think of a good one. How many millis is that zoom, by the way? Six. I can work with that. Is that too much? No. You're not gonna spin out of control, are you? <laughs> no, sir. All right. So the joke that I'm gonna tell you guys is about the Guinness World Record book. Um, so there's three, um, dwarves, little people, um, and they are in line at the Guinness world record books and they're kind of talking, you know, before and first one is like, yeah, I got the smallest hands, you know, I'm going to go in there. I think I got the smallest hands in the world. And so he goes in there, he presents, they measure his hands, comes back out, they are, they're awaiting their results. Um, and then the second guy goes in and he's like, I'm going in for the smallest feet. I got the smallest feet in the world. 
definitely have the smallest feet. So they go in, they measure, await the results. Um, and then the last guy comes in and he's like, yeah, I'm going for the smallest dick. And goes in, they measure him. Um, he comes back out. They're awaiting the results. The first guy, they're like, sir, or contestant number one, you, uh, definitely have the smallest hands. You will be in the Guinness world record book. Second guy, the contestant number two, you definitely have the smallest feet. You are going to be in the Guinness world record book. Congratulations. Contestant number three, unfortunately you are not going to be in the Guinness world record books. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? And they go, well, there's a, this guy that came in before you, Mike Haddon. And unfortunately, he has a smaller dick. <laughs> um, I don't know if I executed that well at all. So maybe I'll just cut that whole segment. But who knows? I'll go uh, listen to it and figure it out. Dude, I got a, yeah, I got a camel bladder. I made a, uh, dick joke about you while yeah. you were gone. Really? Yeah. Did it land? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know your setup. You got the buttons down. I actually don't know the buttons. I think I did this one at the end of it. Pretty good. After my joke. Yeah. yeah that no, one. it landed. <laughs> it landed to the technology, at least. Mm-hmm. Mm yeah, so we, I mean, we've covered a variety of different topics. Yeah. So many interesting things. I think one thing um, that we could have touched on more is the, and I guess I don't know how much your knowledge expands on this topic, but um, the U.S. economy and mm. like how money works. Because <laughs> I feel like you kind of understand finance in a better way than most people our age. Yeah, yeah. I well, I mean, I did, you know, I I And studied, maybe not personal finance, but yeah, economic finance. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. I I'm certainly like a uh, I wouldn't even call it armchair expert. Like I I used to be again a lot closer to it before this product management job. Um I have significantly less free time. Let's put it that way. Um but yeah, I mean, You're I did. just in meetings all day. So, oh God, it's, I mean. What it, do you do after work? Uh, take a break and typically start working again. I mean, you know. Like, so you log off at five? I probably log off at like 5.30 and, you know, it depends on the day. But, you know, a lot of the times, Soph and I will log back on and do stuff at like, you know, eight. Together? A bit. Yeah, yeah. Now she invaded my office. We've got... <laughs> It was embarrassing. That's actually kind of cool. It is kind of cool. I've, you know, that, I like, think I, mean, I hate you're on the same page. I it so that helps a lot. Like if I was dating somebody or dating married to somebody who didn't prioritize career and their job and enjoy their work and things like that, um, you know, it, there would be friction there because it would be like, why are you doing so much? Like, why are you letting them make you work fifty-five hour weeks so much and right. sixty-hour weeks? Um, and, and I'll say for me, like 
the my level of demand for my job is is less than Sophie's. Sophie works a more intense job than me. Um, she's in what way? There's more hours demanded. She manages like 17 people. Um, and here, choking on something. It's a good thing you brought your water. I got you That's a water right. too. I saw just that. in case you got need One more. Guy. Mitch water. But yeah, no, she <laughs> she <water>. uh, <laughs> she she works a, an extremely um, demanding, intense job, and she loves it. She's mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's cool to to see somebody you know passionate about their career and and also flourishing. I mean, she is you know uh, if if you know. If we want to treat it like a stock, I picked a good one in that sense, right? Like, there's a pretty damn good chance that, like, I'm going to, you know, not be the breadwinner. And, you know, maybe things change. Maybe our interests change over time. You could be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, right? I mean, I might be able to sauna three times a day in That'd the future. Be, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but, but, yeah, no, it, like, it, I forget, like, where the beginning of this thread was. But, yeah, like, we'll... Uh, we get off work and we'll hang out and have quality time with you know us the dog um and and chill but uh, more often than me Soph needs to log back on um and it's just kind of part of our our flow it's what we do and and our office situation this is kind of getting back to it um i was gone and i came back one day and all of a sudden my desk is further into the corner and Sophie's desk is in the other corner. And we're both like side by side now. And we have our desk setups at home, like right next to each other. And Do you flirt? I think we flirt sometimes when we work, but she typically works from the office. And when we're both on calls, like she'll uh, evacuate the room because yeah. I talk very loudly on calls and hopefully I'm not like tripping your, your no, you're not, audio. You're good. I actually raised the volume a little bit on this episode mm. because... I listened back to Amy and I's last episode, and I sounded really quiet. Mm. I mean, I'm 47 episodes deep, and yeah. I still don't really have a great grasp on the audio. It, I'm still trying to figure out the audio. Being a podcast guy, right? I've mm-hmm. I've listened to like an embarrassing amount of podcasts. The other day, I actually tried to <laughs> find how many hours I've logged listening to podcasts, and I can't mm. I can't find it. So. If anybody knows how to do that, please tell me because I kind of, I'm curious. I mean, I've listened to a lot of them, um, and there's a couple podcasts. I think it's the the most popular podcast on Patreon right now. It's like a paid for podcast service. I like, you know. Um, you actually pay for your podcast? Not all of them. I pay for two. Okay. Um, and it's like five bucks a month, you know. Mm. But this this podcast it's really popular right now, and I don't share. Uh, I don't condone all of the things that they say. It's very, you know, raunchy, whatever. Um, but, you know, Shane Gillis's, mm-hmm. his podcast with Matt, Matt and Cusker. Shane. Yeah, the Matt and Shane Secret Podcast. Um, their early podcasts went through the same thing, right? Like, you listen to them now, top quality audio. They have, you know, a producer, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, older podcasts on their Patreon that you can listen to. And it's very, you know, it probably Cuzzy. started on a phone, you know. Then they got gear. You can hear it get a little bit better. I think McCusker is the one that like manages the. He's the producer at least in the early days, and he's dicking around with it all the time. It gets better and all that type of stuff. So by podcast forty-seven, you've got all the gear. You know, I mean, I'm I'm sure in the future you'll have it even more tuned in. Like if you get up to episode five hundred or whatever. Um, but I think it's like not an intuitive. <laughs> 
thing, right? Unless you're like an audio engineer or some yeah. shit, you know? And I've probably recorded probably an extra <laughs> five, six yeah. episodes. Just that, like, I've, you know, mm. early episodes that um, people didn't like. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. like the people that i was oh i was I trying see. to start it with some friends before yeah. and then we didn't have any editing skills or at least i didn't and right. i was the one that held the video mm-hmm. and the audio mm-hmm. and um i don't know people wanted stuff cut and yeah, that's tough and that's why i you know i'm like i just kind of like to put it all out there yeah yeah i mean hopefully yeah it's i, I think the the sub uh, i mean if i need to cut like a burp mm. or like you know like a pee break i'll cut that for sure yeah um but nothing like substantial because it's just conversation and conversation is not perfect yeah and i in the podcast that i listen to i tend to stray far far away from produced podcasts like highly Right. Produce podcast. Yeah. There's some that have been interesting that I listen to. Like there's the Masters of Scale with this guy, Reed Hoffman, the founder and the CEO for a long time of LinkedIn. And it was very, you know, business oriented, but it was so highly produced and so, I mean, scripted in a lot of ways. And it's just painful to listen to in certain cases when you, you know, sort of already know the direction that they're going. Like, the the organic rogan style podcast is definitely the preferred and i i think it's like typical for people to to like that although there's a lot of produced podcasts out there there is tons i mean there's just a lot of podcasts yeah there's tons of podcasts yeah there's got to be but there's also a statistic that's like 75 percent of podcasts don't make it past five episodes or Mm, something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and what i've mentally committed to is a hundred mm, yeah when you get to a hundred keep it rolling i mean yeah i mean it's, it it's like... all it's a it's a you know i hope at some point i, I mean i'm in a sales role right so mm. it may not be forever sure sometimes you can lose sales like that yeah yeah um, or you can lose a customer you can lose a mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. um things happen um so i'm trying to build the next thing and i i don't think the next thing is applying for the next job yeah yeah I think the next thing is trying to work for myself and yeah. probably I, working a lot more, but just trying to do my own thing and yeah. trying to make money on my own. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that's like a secret about you. Like you don't, right. you've never been somebody that's, I take to be the person who wants to rent their time their whole life. Right. Exactly. And, and that, I mean, even people in sales roles are typically not that type of person, you know, um, And I don't know. I mean, I think for me, I definitely have like entrepreneurial sort of impulses and things like that. Um, But I think, you know, maybe it's it's something that's me, my thing one day. Uh, But, you know, right now I'm a time renter, you know, and I think it's probably going to be like that for a while. And a lot of us are. You know, we keep me and me and Sophie keep turning that crank, right? That that's how I think of things in terms of engineering. Sometimes, like you get to turn the crank and keep making things better, right? Uh, how many hours a week would you say you work on average? Mm, well, I mean, there's there's uh, actual clocked in work where you're looking at the screen, and then there's like ambient work, right? Like uh, pondering on things and spending time that you uh, in, in between moments where intrusive thinking uh, is work you know 
Uh, I don't know what that number would be, but I think like a hundred fifty. Oh God, no. I'm not a hundred. No, I mean <laughs> the thing is that like it is just a, it's just a damn job, right? Mm-hmm. Like especially when you're renting time, uh, and what you know what I mean by that. Yeah, but I, I guess to be explicit, it's yeah. working for a salary, right? right? You're renting your time out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in in those terms, I think you know it probably ranges from like forty five to to fifty five uh, usually. Doesn't working really, hours. Yeah, yeah, on the computer, right? Mm. As opposed to like trying to somehow quantify like the in between time because there's a lot, um, and that's when you know, that's when I think like the best work happens is when you know your your subconscious mind has time to actually roll things around and and let um, you know connections happen naturally. That's how you know I think the best ideas happen. All of that, you know. Um, so I don't know. I, I'd say 45 to 55. I, mean, I don't want to make it sound like I'm sitting here at like 80. Um, what about your off time? What do you mean? When you're off of work outside of the 55 hours, mm-hmm. what do you choose to do? Oh, well, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, mm-hmm. Soph and I. Do you watch TV? Not a lot. I I do. Uh, I, I typically am a, I, I'm a rewatcher. Do you meet with people? meet with people like gather like yeah happy oh, hours of course. Or... yeah yeah not a lot during the week typically because sophie and i you know are both very tuned into work when we're working right and uh you know we hang out with each other a lot and i think kind of the point in time that we're all at in our lives in terms of like my social group right getting together during the week isn't always feasible um, right. It's tough. It's tough. And, and I think you've got a cool hack here, right. By being able to bang out podcasts. It's the whole like point of it. A thi- yeah. It's good. Right. Like when's the last time we sat and talked for three hours. Right. I mean, man, I think, uh, back when long overdue. Yeah. Yeah. It probably is. It, but we've had the conversations before. I mean, we've spent more than three hours together. For sure. For sure. But yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, time out, uh, time outside of work is, yeah, just hanging at home, hanging with the dog. We'll sit on the back porch and just chill. Sophie and I have a lot of very deep conversations. You know, we talk about career, that type of stuff. Like how your day was, what people were saying in the, in mm-hmm. the meetings. Yeah, yeah. We're both. Pretty, how people conduct yeah, themselves. Like, I, I know more about transfer pricing than the average person. That's for sure. That's what she does. <laughs> yeah. um, and she knows a lot more about uh, data scraping and startup world than probably the average person does right because we talk about it a lot um but we we do i mean you know from from a lot of the things i've i've said right it it seems like it borders on like workaholic type stuff right um and i i think we we draw a pretty firm line like we we don't work when we're not working uh it does exist in those like you know the the subconscious and then the sort of intrusive thinking about things and you're not when, like working when you're getting intimate or anything no no yeah, yeah. oh i missed that email yeah no. hold on let me check yeah exactly no um but yeah yeah it, it i think you know we we definitely really like cherish our weekends that's for sure because as you should we go yeah yeah exactly um but i don't know yeah i, I definitely see a point in time in the future where maybe there's like less work, right? Like I, I definitely look forward to that. But <clears throat> at the same time, if you build something yourself, work. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I'm currently, if I add up all the hours that I'm working through my job, mm-hmm. my, the rentals mm-hmm. and 
the podcast. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, how many hours a week are we awake? <clears throat> well, I don't we know. sleep for eight. Yeah, sixteen times seven. Jamie, pull that up. Yeah, uh, Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the math there. I could probably no. I don't know. I don't know. Some weeks it feels like a hundred, but it's probably closer to. I don't know because yeah, the ambient. Is a, like a, a tricky, that's a tricky one because yeah. when a problem occurs, right? Like say at a rental property, and mm-hmm. I I deal with the problem relatively quickly, yeah. But then it lingers, oh, of course, for hours. Yeah, yeah. I would say that that counts as work. I think it does. Yeah. I mean, the the and then I would say like I almost work a hundred hours a week, probably. Right. And I think a lot of people do the the notion that like you're 40, 40 hours clock in clock out like generally isn't true. Right? No. For some people, I think it is. Um, and you can have hobbies or whatever, a flat kite. But I think you but know, if your hobbies are work. Yeah. Right. And I think like, I don't know, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying my hobby is work. Uh, right. But if it were, you know, rental property and you're building something for the future, like there is a, an aspect of like meaningfulness that you can draw from that. Right. That like would be probably similar to people that actually have like some, you know, pottery hobby or something like that. Right. And you're doing something that you enjoy and yeah. maybe you don't feel joy in the moment, but you're building your miniature empire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very miniature. Yeah. Yeah. Empire. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And we're, we're talking about property and stuff. And I think I am actually kind of skeptical about, uh, property management right now. Uh, property management. And well, you mean like hiring out property well, management yeah, or just, yeah. I guess the more properties, thing, right? Like the, the increasing the surface area that you have to pay, right. pay attention to and be running. Well, know? I mean, you've came at me with ideas of, um, vending machines. Yeah. Yeah. I which love is, like those like boring vending machines, um, like a laundromat, billboards right but those like, are needed 100 percent. yeah yeah and and there's way to monetize those in a very totally. simple way yeah yeah totally and, and you know that that is kind of one of the things that uh, kicks around right like i i used to be very um almost idealistic right right like i really idolized like the steve jobs types right they built something and quote made a dent in the world you know um but i think i've like moved away from that a little bit and I'm attracted to some of these more, you know, cash flow businesses like a laundromat is kind of like the the best example I can real think estate. of. Yeah. Kind of real what estate. you were alluding to. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it is more surface area, but at the same time I think uh, it's um it becomes like reflexive to the point it doesn't feel like work, right? And especially maybe with property you have people that you can trust. It's not like you're going to go over there and, you know, unclog their dishwasher, right? No, Maybe you are managing right? the communication between the person who does unclog it and the mm-hmm. people who it's clogged for. Yeah, yeah, right. And you get to keep more money, uh, uh, all that, you know. There's a lot to that, right? And I think if we, if me and Sophie decided to do that and have properties, we would have to something has to give right i don't know if we're willing to give like the the quality time that we do have now all of it at least 
So it would become a core focus outside of that and not saying that it is for Amy and I, Mm. but I mean, it's something that's on my mind pretty often. And and I mean, like, you know, you got to also factor in like the kids, right? Like there's the work aspects of it, but then the quality time, you know? Oh yeah. Like that, that's, I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to ask like, how many hours a week are kids work in a sense? Like not work, work's not not the right word, but no. But it's yeah, it's around the vicinity of what word we should be using, which is probably um, I think you said it quality time, quality yeah. time with your children. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what I would say to that is, every chance I get, yeah, I try to make it quality. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter if it's a good moment, if it's a bad moment. Mm. Um. If it's a car ride, if it's a walk, if it's a bike ride, try and make it as quality as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want to be there, right? Mentally, yeah. like the, be present. The, I think there's a problem when the the ambient work bleeds into those moments. And, For sure. You know, it, it's not it's not and fully too often avoidable, it does. Right? Yeah. I mean, too you can't often. fully avoid it. But no. I think like there, I, I'm definitely a believer in like if you can detect a signal like that and you're having trouble being present like there there may be a problem right um and you know hopefully you can address it but sometimes you know uh, at least for sophie and i we have like the luxury and the extra time available to pull from right right we sort of have like a a bank of time that like is our buffer zone in between Mm -hmm. like when work gets crazy uh typically it is work but you know, it could be. A, we do own a house, and that has certain things to take care of, the yard. And we, we slack on it, for sure. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think there's definitely an intimidation factor to the side business type stuff, owning a property and so on. You know what I mean? And intimidating i guess it should be but intimidating in the aspect that it is going to take time Mm. um but a lot of the stuff you can think through and a lot of the stuff you can find Mm. ways to work through it um with the information that you have whether that's on the internet or through connections Mm. Mm. um like you can solve pretty much any issue if you really put your mind to it oh for sure yeah yeah and 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 that's what running a business is is problem solving mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah yeah making sure that you're like sticking to longer term goals and building you know and i think they're like it's it's not probably not fair to to classify what you guys are doing with rental properties as uh not quality time you know what i mean like if you well, and Amy, Amy and I don't really speak about it really a whole lot. No. Yeah. I work with my partner, John. Okay. And his wife, mm-hmm. um, is now a part of it a little bit, actually a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, she manages all the communication on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. I do the communication on VRBO. Mm-hmm. John does the property management, mm-hmm. works with the caretaker mm-hmm. on what jobs need to be done Yeah. and where we need to prioritize. Um, but I mean, we're all kind of bouncing around, you know, doing yeah everything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a small operation. Yeah, yeah, right. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah. And he just think... doesn't have too much interest in yeah. um, being a part of it, mm-hmm. and that's okay, totally yeah. okay with me, because yeah. she still lets me talk about it. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, she just, you know, doesn't. I guess she just doesn't have like confidence in herself that she would be good in any sort of like business aspect, which baffles me because mm. I think she would be great in a business setting. Probably because yeah. she has a yeah. savage personality. Yeah. Um, when she puts effort into things, she she can she knows how to get what she wants. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's smart. She yeah. remembers things. Yeah. Yeah. That's not always easy to do you know? no um yeah no I, I don't know i mean you you have to have the interest in it too which actually also kind of plays into like the intimidation factors of all of it like i think you know if you stick your neck out there right you you make a, a monetary commitment to something then you also make like uh i guess it's monetary commitments to your, your partners and business Right. For sure. There's sort of a, a, a sense of duty that is natural and develops there. Right. So like, you know, it, it, it probably isn't like you have to sit there and convince yourself that you need to go deal with the plug dishwasher. Right. It's probably borderline reflexive. It might be inconvenient. You might be pissed about it. But you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a, a big lesson to be to be had there, but I guess it's just. But we're we're doing I mean we're doing a project right now in Clear Lake. It's a I call it a forced flip hmm. or a forced like burr because our property flooded because a we burr. have boiler heat by uh, refinance hmm. or buy renovate refinance yeah. rent. Oh, okay. Yeah. How's yeah? I mean that that's another the refi part. So we're renovating. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And then at the end of this, depending on where interest rates are, we have a 3% or something on the house. So we probably won't want to refinance, but we've been using a home equity to do it. So Mm -hmm. you balance the two out. We're probably paying, I don't know, 6% interest, which isn't too much no yeah, if we were to refinance yeah. we'd be paying seven and a half or well, something right. yeah 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 so that you, you part gotta... might be out of the picture but we're renovating right now mm-hmm. and i'm hiring out all the work yeah yeah i mean jesus that'd be a lot yeah to take care of and i and saw I in your bathroom there that you're doing some tile stuff right yep so i mean yeah you, you gotta you could make more money if you ref- if you did the work yourself, of course, right? But then but, it takes up your time. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, it, it just doesn't... Uh, so, so you know, you're thinking through all that type of stuff. Definitely. Right? And and that's kind of one of the big uh, blockers, I think. And, and then it's, you know, do we actually want to do home equity line of credit right now to try to finance a down payment on something and do, do that, sign up for that kind of a commitment, right? I mean, we, we're both... Uh, we're not tapped, but we're both, you know, at a comfortable capacity. You know what yeah, I mean? You'd probably have to liquidate something. Yeah. And I'm not touching my, you know, my Bitcoin or she's right. not going to touch her savings or the Bitcoin I've convinced her to buy. Uh, right. You know, the, the, uh, a lot of people are bullish on Bitcoin right now. Yeah. And I think that might be a bit complacent, right? Like, you think I, so? I mean, I think it's, you know, uh, getting back into some of the finance conversation we had thinking about things in terms of like decades rolling out right i mean we're still in the equal finding equilibrium phase after like a spike all of the covid stuff you yeah. know 
Um, and in hindsight, things will all make a lot more sense. There will be a narrative that you can say, but I, I think right now it's you know hard to but understand. Cri- crypto in general is going through a lot of heat because there were so many scams involved. Yeah, for sure. So crypto right. innately is just going to be down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a highly sensitive asset to like liquidity stuff. Like whenever right. people need to take more care of their dollar, right? Bitcoin is something and. It, I shouldn't use Bitcoin interchangeably with crypto. They are quite different for you know very fundamental reasons. But speculative assets uh, that are highly liquid and easily sold are the ones that are liquidated first, right? Like we don't see housing costs drop, or yeah, we don't see housing costs dropping and like rental stuff dropping uh, and all that stuff because people are going to hold on to that stuff. Like it's a lot. There's a lot more friction to sell. There's a lot more consequence to selling, right? A lot of people um, have cheap interest rates right now because everyone refinanced at an all-time low. Yeah, yeah, that too, for sure. So I think like overall cryptos, yeah, it's definitely crypto winter, right? So it's been a long uh, bear market. Uh, and I I don't have any, uh, let's put it this way, I'm continuing to sit still, you know? Are you purchasing? In in very small increments, uh, dollar cost averaging type stuff. You know, uh, for for a long time it was every paycheck just immediately purchase uh, Bitcoin automatically and move it to cold storage that type of thing. Um, but you know, I, I think as of as of right now, <laughs> it's funny we both burped. I know. Right then, <laughs> quite a few times. Cut no. that. Cut that. Cut that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. If we have a couple Coors Lights. Indigestion, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, where was I? I don't know. Um, Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like price outlook. I I don't know. I mean, I, I think that there's a very good chance we go down. And then at the same time, I still believe that like the asymmetric risk reward does not make sense to not have an allocation to it, right? Asymmetric meaning you could lose 100%, but you're going to, in my opinion, right, flip a coin, you know? 50-50 chance. And now I'm just talking about asymmetry. Flip a coin, 50-50, right? You can lose 100% or you can gain, you know, 100,000%. Are you going to flip the coin? Absolutely. Right, exactly. So to me, there's more risk to not have an, an appropriately sized allocation to Bitcoin specifically. Um, and then maybe maybe some of the other cryptos. Ethereum. I think Ethereum, yeah. I think that's Pretty one of them. One. I mean, that's like but, the Dow and the S&P. No. Right there. No, I disagree. Personally, really? I disagree. Why? I think there's far, far more risk to Ethereum um, than than Bitcoin. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, there's a central figurehead, uh, Vivek. Or what's it? No, that's the politician. What's the guy's name? Um, God, I can't think of the Ethereum founder's name. I'm actually proud of myself for that. Um, what is his <laughs> name? I'm, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, but there's there's a guy, the founder of Ethereum. Is um, it that? Vitalik Buterin. Is he super skinny? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know that. And there's him, and then like a very you know powerful uh, Ethereum foundation that uh, is a uh, a weak point, right? That they're they're hands on in the technical decisions uh, that are happening and the changes that they're making to the to the protocol, and it's a lot more accessible to people that want to change things and have big ideas, right? So naturally there's more complexity, right? There's significantly more, like astronomically more complexity in, in Ethereum. 
than there is in Bitcoin. And there's a central figurehead and there's, you know, um, just all of those things sort of culminate in a lot more, you know, attack surface area to something like Ethereum and not necessarily something like a hacker breaking the Ethereum blockchain or something like that, but more, you know, if, if governments started wanting to hammer on Vitalik, they could Edward Snowden him, you know, he's the man in charge, right? Whereas Bitcoin, uh, you could, there's a lot of ways you could attempt to attack it, but it's m far more uh, uh, elusive and much more like an idea than Ethereum, which is more like a company. Hmm. Yeah. Like Bitcoin is um, code, right? Like back in, um, I, I forget like what era this is. It's either like the 70s or 80s or something. Um, uh, encryption was sort of like released to the public, right? Um, I think it was PGP. Um, and, and governments tried to stop it and they, they couldn't because it was just code. And you could run it on a really, really light client. Like you don't need a supercomputer to run it, right? It, it basically is a, a way of doing things, an idea like a math equation that you, the government could try to criminalize, but they couldn't, right? And, and I think in court, um, it was ultimately like defended on the grounds of free speech because it, it was written down. It's just code and you can share it and spin it up on your own computer and there's nothing that can you know you can make it like a bad thing to do to do that but fundamentally it's just an idea so it was defended on the grounds of free speech and i think bitcoin uh and its code fall a little bit more in that realm than something like ethereum and, and this is you know i'm i'm far from uh the time where i could like really get into deep details and I know things have changed. Um, lots of code has been pushed, so to speak. Um, and things are different, but Bitcoin is uh, fundamentally different in, in ways that make it more like an idea, like PGP encryption or like email, you know, uh, whereas Ethereum is a lot more like a company, right? Like Apple or something that has a product, the Ethereum blockchain, right? Uh, so Ethereum built their blockchain the bitcoin was a blockchain or is the blockchain just one thing yeah i mean it's it's ah, god yeah i'm I i'm mean, not I, i'm I, not I, like at the top of my game and explaining all right. of that there there are more there's many moving pieces to to all of it like the the blockchain is one of like the i guess the core traits of like cryptocurrency um but there, there's a lot that goes to it. There's the like consensus mechanism that, that tells you basically like if a transaction is valid, you know, um, the way that Bitcoin does it, I think proof of work uh, is more fundamentally like aligned with, uh, I don't even know how to phrase it, like almost the greater good, like it doesn't care what any one person has to say. Whereas Ethereum now has shifted to proof of stake, again, something that's very complex. And something I don't really fully understand, but my understanding basically is the more Ethereum you hold, the more say you have in the network, right? So clustering of Ethereum leads to problems with centralization of like decision making. And it even went to a point with Ethereum, and this is actually before proof of 
uh, stake when they were using a similar consensus mechanism to Bitcoin, there was a big hack that happened and some smart contract that's really complex and hard to handle and somebody stole a whole bunch of money. The Ethereum Foundation forked Ethereum, right? They, they copy pasted their code and erased the transaction and convinced everybody to go with them, right? That's, that's very problematic because they, they changed the history of the blockchain and went with the one that they wanted. You know what I mean? That, that means that they have the power and the, the sway to do that. So what happens when, you know, I don't know, the Canadian truckers, right, have money in their accounts and the, the banks take that money away, right? The same type of thing can happen with Ethereum. It's not decentralized. It's not democratized money, right? Like, or Bitcoin it. Bitcoin is, yeah. And you, you, there's people probably that could argue against me and probably body bag me on like the logic, but I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty positive that that's the way that, you know, Bitcoin, the, the uh, Nigerian government couldn't outlaw Bitcoin. They can try, but they can't stop it. Whereas like with Ethereum, they could, uh, you know, uh, essentially compel the people who run Ethereum to put the company reverse under. transactions and whatever. Um, and gain yeah. power over their finances. Something, or yeah, something like that. Put like a lock this is, on something. Yeah, yeah, sensor transactions and yeah. things like that. And, and I think, you know, um, Ethereum is better than lots of other blockchains. Like there's a big one called uh, Solana, right, which is like a, copy, a very fast and advanced copy of Ethereum that is like massively owned by venture capital you know so even worse than ethereum it's even more of like a, a tech company with a token that uh insiders were able to get a whole bunch of before they released it and pumped it to the levels that it is now right ethereum had a pre-mine right so that means like they allocated a whole bunch of tokens to people before they started and then when they started all those people have some astronomical number of tokens and have lots of sway in the network you know hmm. so there you know the, i think the largest known bitcoin wallet is the satoshi nakamoto wallet like they have a, a million bitcoins which is a lot uh and a million bitcoins at twenty five thousand conservatively yeah per bitcoin yeah yeah but i mean is that 25 what is that 25 billion dollars more i think it's more really i think if i build maybe i don't know add the three zeros a million to, yeah, whatever. A million. Add three zeros to a million. That's a billion. And then the this. two five to the 100. Yeah. We could, we could calculate it. It's a shitload of money, you know? And you might be right. That might be 2.5 trillion. Uh, fuck. I mean, just because we're being recorded, I'm, I feel compelled to do the, the transition. You should do the math. Number. Just do the math. Yeah, yeah, It's okay. Yeah. We're sitting here guessing. Let's see. People are patient. I mean, if they're... If they're this deep, if they're this right? deep, then they can, you know, hang for two more seconds. Uh, my iPhone says two point five e ten. So I'm gonna turn it sideways. Yeah, there you so, go. So what is that? I think, I think twenty five billion. Twenty five bill, right? So that's that's a lot. Um, but that's a, lot that's, a, that's a decent amount of money. I, I guess mean, the next number I should have guessed was two hundred and fifty billion. True. Yeah. Right after Trulies, <laughs> it, you know, it, we're we're three hours in. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, there there's. I, if, if the Satoshi, so his wallet has mm -hmm. never moved a Bitcoin, 
right? Like he mined that Bitcoin when it was first starting. So you could argue it was a pre-mine. There's things wrong with that. He has all these Bitcoin because he started it first, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, he, he, they, whatever entity Satoshi is, has never moved those coins. If those coins move, my fundamental bull case on Bitcoin is severely damaged. And I probably, I, I don't know if I can have as much conviction in it. Therefore, I don't know if I can have as big of a position in it relative to my net worth and all that stuff. I'd probably sell a decent portion if the Satoshi coins were activated, right? If that wallet starts to have activity, that tells me that somebody, if not Satoshi, is part of the network. But as long as it's not there, and this is part of the risk in the coin flip to me, is that like maybe it is some russian oligarch or something that made this so when bitcoin hits a million he has a million times whatever that is and can run 2.5 trillion yeah yeah exactly (laughs) there's that number we're looking for there's there's that vulnerability there but i get to point that risk out i know what it is yeah right with other with other stuff i think it's just less uh, there's so much more complexity so much more like um ego driven development built on top of it where where bitcoin um, the, the goal was to fix money and create a digital gold type asset that can be transferred in an email, right? And as a right. physical bearer asset, like a hundred dollar bill, right? Yeah. Like that's the vision. That's what it was for. Um, and, and it's stuck to that, you know, and people, you know, call it uh, a failure because there's too high of transaction fees and it's slow and there's better ways to do it. And it's quote bad for the environment. Um, but all of those things aside, it is essentially like, to me, being a believer in it, akin to like the discovery of fire. Like it's, uh, you know, the internet, right? It's being able to put like property in cyberspace that is like durable and uh, the, the game theory built around it doesn't make sense to attack unless you're a, an irrational actor. So it would take like, the world's governments uh, trying to stop it, you know? Um, so quick question, then we'll wrap up. Mm. Um, Not to, ah, oh, fuck. Didn't want to end on Bitcoin, but. No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll ask you one mm. more before, mm. um, I guess I do, I'll just ask you to, you know, final words or whatever, a final story or a final, whatever you want to end it with. Um, so what if I have, say, what if you're buying shares? of bitcoin like that's what we do right we buy shares like you're not buying one whole bitcoin you're not spending twenty five thousand dollars and buying a whole bitcoin you don't have to you don't have to but how like what i guess is the best way to go about that transaction instead of just purchasing it maybe in Robinhood or purchasing that in venmo yeah um like where's the most secure way to purchase um in your opinion yeah I think the there there's real like pragmatic uh, challenges, right? Like thinking about like actually doing it, right? There's companies like Coinbase that are highly trustworthy, you know. And, and I think like if you're uh, relatively novice and you just want exposure to the asset, going and buying uh, portions of a Bitcoin, you know, on Coinbase and storing them there is pretty good, right? It's, it's good because you, it's more like a bank account. You can send it. You can take it out of Coinbase and send it to 
any other type of exchange. You can send it to uh, wallets that live on your phone, or you can send it to uh, what's called a hardware wallet or cold storage, right? And actually like take it, and, and essentially take it, go to the ATM, pull your dollars out and have a big brick of cash, right? And now it's yours, it's all up to you, right? The bank isn't uh, backing it, nobody's backing it, but it's yours, right? So if you wanted to take that and uh, flee the country, you'd be able to keep it. If you tried to do that from Coinbase, maybe you could argue that you could like, you know, you could go to France and pull your Bitcoin out and put it somewhere there. But, um, you know, the, the point is that you can buy it in a lot of ways. You, you, the, the key to actually having it is to buy it somewhere that allows you to send it. Um, preferably, I mean, this gets really hardcore stuff, but uh, even better is a place that you don't have to tell them who you are um, for privacy purposes, right? If the government makes Bitcoin illegal and you bought all of it on Coinbase and Coinbase coughs up all of their records like they would, they would know that you have a Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Um, whatever the end of days consequences there are to that, right? So there's better and worse ways to do it. But I'd say like someplace like Coinbase, buy it, right? Buy it in from somebody that allows you to send it. Um, I think Robinhood, uh, last I saw, was trying to integrate stuff that makes it so you can send it. Um, I think that like the trend generally is that you can send it. So there's more and more great ways to buy it, right? As long as you're not trying to do illegal shit, right? Um, then the key is to get it off of those exchanges, right? Get it off of the place that you bought it and onto a hardware wallet, right? Um, you know, uh, Ledger is a good one. I've heard decent things about Trezor, although like there's some problems there. I use Ledger um, and, and, you know, uh, the only way somebody can take it with me or take it from me is if they, you know, find where I have my shit hidden and it's not the physical wallet that they need. They need the, the passcodes and things like that. Right. If they take that, I'm fucked, right? It's it's like a bank robbery of my house. So you're taking on a lot of responsibility. Or it's um, like someone digging up all the gold in your backyard. Yeah, it's exactly that. I mean, yeah. just think about it like gold that you can email. Right? Mm. So make sure you have it. Don't store your gold in the bank because the bank can one day say, yep, the, the gold window is closed. You can no longer have your gold, but here's some cash instead, mm. you know? Um, so do it that way for sure. Get a hard wallet, something like Ledger, buy it on uh, an exchange or something. To, there, there's a million ways uh, to do that, but get it off these exchanges because a lot of them fall through. I mean, a lot of good exchanges, this FTX thing, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people might have had hundreds of Bitcoin in there, right? Bitcoins, right? And if it goes under, they go under, you know? But if they moved it to a hardware wallet, or it's probably you know, safe. It's probably safe. But again, that's a lot of responsibility. Right. So you want to proportionally uh, kind of act, how would I put it? Like uh, be as crazy and psycho about it as like as much as you're exposed. Protect it. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a hundred bucks, you don't need to spend a thousand dollars hiding it. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. So all right yeah well i mean i was <laughs> i feel like anyone who listened if you didn't learn something mm. i don't know yeah and you, we spew we fill three hours yeah absolutely i thought that was a fantastic <laughs> conversation it's always fun to get together with you yeah yeah and um, i i'm i was uh nervous that i would 
try to be funny and then hear it back and be like, oh my God, dude. So hopefully I don't have too many of those moments, but no, know. I mean, I feel like the conversation was relatively informational. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I don't know if informational is the right word, but like there was, we just talked about a lot of different topics. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It was, I don't want to say emotional because we, I mean, we talked about family. We talked For sure. About, oh, yeah. No, I didn't want to. I mean, I there just weren't a whole lot of jokes involved and there didn't need to be. Yeah. There weren't really any places for them. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it was interesting. I mean. Yeah. I'm sure people found it interesting. I sure did. Yeah. Yeah. I too. sure did. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, Soph is going to give me shit for coming in on a podcast for sure. Not because it's you, but uh-huh. because she wants to make fun of me. Yeah. You know? Um, but well, yeah, it's, no. I mean, if she even finds it true, get the, get the I don't buried. like post this stuff on social media. I just yeah. record it and then I post it to Spotify and whoever follows me or whoever mm-hmm. shares it with their friends, mm-hmm. then they, uh, then they listen to it. Yeah, no, it's cool. And I don't but, know. I mean, yeah. we still get a decent amount of listeners. Yeah. It's millions and trillions and trillions. trillions. Yeah. 2.5 <laughs> trillion. Uh, that's why I have so many ads in here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one day you'll be doing an ad read for Blue Chew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The advertisers are crawling up my back Yeah, right now. God. Do you want to leave the people with anything? Any, like, piece of advice or anything that you live by or any, like, story that really resonates with you or mm. Um, mm. live, love, laugh? Live, love, laugh. A little song? You could sing a tune? Nope, not going to sing. Not going <laughs> to sing. <laughs> um, shit. I don't know. I, I, I w- this is where I should have cheated and had some um, something prepared or at least even thought through. No. But, I mean, this is kind of off the cuff. That's yeah. the whole point of the podcast. And you could just say, have a good day. Thanks for listening. If you True. made it this far, that's True. rock star. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be something yeah. You know, yeah. as tall as the Empire State Building. Yeah. A lot of times when I ask that question, people are just like, enjoy your life. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. Try yeah. and enjoy yeah. every moment. Yeah, and I, I think I've said a lot of words, right? So I will try to keep it succinct. I, I just say, like, you know, one thing I struggled with for a long time was actually, like, enjoy, like taking a damn second to enjoy what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, it goes by really quick. And that's not a novel uh, observation, but, like, be there. You know what I mean? Like, just make sure you're there because... I've been married for over a year now, and that was very fucking fast, right? I mean, that one year just snapped by, and it's like, oh my god, right? Now now it's going to be year two, year three, and it just, you know, you hear adults say it when you're a kid, that like, oh, it keeps getting faster, and you're like, shut up. But, man, I'll be the old guy, I'm 30, I'm about 30, right? Like, it Almost. happens so freaking fast. Rounding up to 30. Yeah. I can't believe you're rounding up. Oh, I've been rounding up for a long time. I don't know, yeah. for four years. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. You know, go smell the flowers. Well, if you made it this far, once again, thank you very much. You guys are the best. Uh, yeah. Love you all. Love you guys. He says, son, can you play me a memory? I'm not really sure how it goes. When I wore a younger man's clothes La 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 la
song tonight Well, we're all in the mood for a melody And you've got us feeling all right Now John at the bar is a friend of mine Gets me my drinks for free And he's quick with a joke Or to light up your smoke But there's some place that he'd rather be He says, Bill, I believe this is killing me As a smile ran away from his face Well, I'm sure that I could be a movie star If I could get out of this place Talking with David, who's still in the Navy and probably will be for life. Forget about life for a while And the piano sounds like a carnival And the microphone smells like a bee 